Barack Obama. That's really not what that was supposed to be. What's going on? All right, hold on a second. Let me try this again. There we go. All right. That's fantastic. All right. It was giving me that weird all-wave devices that can play files in current format or in use. I don't know at what point it just became too difficult for Microsoft to give you error messages that actually explained what was going wrong with your computer. Okay, are we all ready? All right. Let's stop. All right. Can you play the Attention FM DJs thing again? All right. We're now beginning today's program uh, at this moment. Attention FM DJs in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Nice. I couldn't find any mob bosses. Well, Sergeant. Oh, it's Lieutenant now. You really started something. Bent cops running scared. Hope on the streets. But the narrows is lost. I we still haven't picked up Crane or half the inmates of Arkham that he freed. We will. We can bring up that. What about escalation? Escalation. When we start carrying semi-automatics, they buy automatics. We start wearing Kevlar. They buy armor-piercing rounds. Yeah. And you're wearing a mask. Jumping off rooftops. Take this guy Arm robbery, double homicide. Had a taste for the theatrical, like you. Leaves a calling card. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Six minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of July, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. Uh, we are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. Thank you, my friends, for joining us. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, uh, created right here in the United States by a collection of robots. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 503 733 Two nine seventy with your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, covetous, uh, what have ye? Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It is Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah at nine seventy dot am. Tim at nine seventy dot am. Or Richie with a T at nine seventy dot am. Can you lower my mic level ever so slightly? Thank you so much. Lower. Richie, uh, lower. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane ruminations on the use of the batarang, whatever you might have. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. And we are now 13 hours away from the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight, happening tonight at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard, uh, courtesy of AM 970. If you have not yet got your tickets, uh, I know that theater seats hundreds of people. But I also know it's close to selling out, so you got to go to 970.am right now. You go to 970.am, and you uh, scroll down to you see the Why So Serious poster. You click on it, you get your Batman tickets, and you will see us tonight. Um, so I know 
So we were sort of up in, in Susan's office yesterday, kind of looking at the stuff we have to give away. Cause there's going to be giveaway, the merchandise and swag and prizes and so forth. Um, so people have been asking when they need to start lining up tonight, when they, when they need to start getting to the theater. According to the theater, they are going to they're going to open the doors at or around 1130. Uh, so my advice to you is do not wait until that time or, God forbid, later to actually get to the theater. Uh, whenever you actually show up is sort of between you and the, the God of your choosing. Uh, but I would say sooner rather than later. Uh, so tonight, the Regal Cinema is in Tigard, uh, 12.01 uh, tonight. Uh, they will be showing The Dark Knight. We'll be there. You go to 970.am right now. You click on the uh, link right next to the Why So Serious poster. Get your tickets and be there. I would say no later than 11 o'clock. That's just, I'm just saying for me, you want to be there probably no later than 11 o'clock uh, tonight. So that is uh, 13 hours away, ladies and gentlemen. It is 503-733-2970. What you should uh, join us today, 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on today, we have a Geek Watch, Penis Watch coming up, Monkey Watch coming up later on today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us from the Hill. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop uh, from Los Angeles, where once again the wire was shafted out of all the important Emmy nominations. But on the other side, I do believe that Mad Men came away. Emmy history. Is that true? Yes. All right. Uh, so Mad Men uh, walked out with a fistful of nominations this morning. So we will talk to Jim Roop about that. Uh, it is High Concept Thursday. Here's a little secret between you and me. I have no high concept topic as and of we're yet. We're trying to think of one. It's just not happening. I was, I was putting it together before the program. I don't have anything. Um, so I had it, we had we need a, a high concept topic about high concept topics. Well, see, here's the thing about that, Sarah. I was actually considering that we would just open the phones and we would have people. We we would just do a segment of calls regarding our need for a high concept topic. But here's the other thing: is I had already decided to have the listeners come up with the idea for today's top five as well. So it doesn't really seem like I could just... I mean, really, then I might as well just go up to the office and take a snooze if I'm going to have the audience put together the entire show. But, I mean, I don't know. We may do it regardless. Um, uh, so coming up later on today will be a top five of indeterminate origin. Uh, and we are going to try to put together some sort of a high-concept topic for later on the day. We may actually just take calls about it and have you all determine what that's going to be. Because I, uh, I have nothing. I have nothing. I was up till like, 1 in the morning trying to find Batman Begins sounders to put together. So that's how I spend my life, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, so Lisa Desjardins coming up today. Jim Roop, Monkey Watch, Geek Watch, Penis Watch, High Concept Thursday. Um, uh, let's see, uh, one random caller today uh, will be winning a prize pack for the WWE One Night Stand collection included in the prize pack, hat, T-shirt, and WWE action figure, which is badass, by the way. Uh, so that will be going to one random caller today. Don't forget, if you missed One Night Stand on Sunday, jo uh, June 1st, it's a little time to catch the replay. Don't miss the only pay-per-view of the year where every match has extreme rules. Contact your pay-per-view provider today to find out how you can catch the replay of One Night Stand. Fantastic! Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Thursday. And of course, we're going to be talking about the Batman. Also, a tigered motorcyclist runs out of gas during a 130 mile an hour chase. There's been a stabbing at the Milwaukee Taco Bell. OSU athletes get jail time for monumental stupidity. A Kennewick man is arrested for running around naked. Sarah Jessica Parker denies having a bowl removed. A woman undergoes surgery to remove 110-pound legs. A judge orders a man in a penis costume to apologize. And police shoot off at a low man's thumb with sponges and then taser him after he banged on neighbor's doors looking for someone to kill and whacked himself over the head with a hammer at the same time. 
I love Oregon. <laughs> I can never leave. I almost don't want to hear the story because it seems perfect. like nothing could live up to the headline. <laughs> That's full. Will you just read that? Just read that that tease yeah. one more time. Please shoot off at a lower man's thumb with sponges and then taser him after he banged on his neighbor's doors looking for someone to kill and whacked himself over the head with a hammer at the same time. How can you shoot off somebody's possible? thumb with a sponge? You we'll can't... find out, Rick Emerson. We're going to find out. It's just a tease. You can't feed your family with a cod piece, and you can't shoot off somebody's thumb with a sponge. I and I'm sorry, how does Jessica Parker, like, she's had that mole her entire life, and, and now, now it's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> it's, like, it's like black and white there. That's a whole lot of, your mole's gone. No, it's not. No, it's gone. No, it's not. It was just, it's not. Well, all right. Hollywood right. scandal. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, so in attendance tonight at the Dark Knight, Sarah X. Dillon will be there as well. It's going to be your second time viewing it. Are you looking forward to it just as much? Very much looking forward to it. My friend Angela is going to come with me as well, so it's going to be very, very exciting. I'm just already preemptively tired thinking about, God, I'm not going to get to bed until like 3.30. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm already zen with it. Uh, so we're going to get out there tonight. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be there probably between uh, 10.30 and 11. They're going to open the theater at or around 11.30. The movie starts at, I mean, they're going to say, they say the movie's going to start at midnight, but of course it's not going to. You're going to be coming a track. Uh, you know, yeah, was, my our screening started the minute that it said it. Yeah, was. but you know, but that was but that was not a screening for the public. That was like a fancy schmancy. That was like an upper crust. You We're know. ladies and gentlemen of the press. That was that was, that was for. It wasn't yes. a fancy schmancy IMAX theater. Uh, uh, that was that was for the for the atten- the assembled elite of the Portland media to which I was not invited. So, uh, but I think tonight though there will be trailer. Were there trailers when you saw it? Were there previews? No. See, that's the thing. Tonight they're, it's going to be the whole nine yards like it was at Crystal Skull. There's going to be it's going to be a regular film going experience, which means yes, Sarah, you may be inside the twenty while you're there. If they still do that. Uh, but then the movie itself will probably start at 12.15, and then it's two hours and 36 minutes of excitement. So you won't be getting home until like 3. You're not going to get to bed. You won't get to sleep till 4. Who are we fooling? Mm. So so I'm already saying right now tomorrow's going to be the best show ever because we'll be going on absolutely no sleep at all. Not that it affects Tim Riley, who won't be here tomorrow. No, I have the day off. Yes. Yes, you do, Tim Riley. Sarah, do you know why Tim Riley has tomorrow off? No, but I'm thinking about taking tomorrow off. <laughs> You don't want to take it off for the same reason as I have. Yeah, I was just going to say, you, if only your reason Is it for, for your teeth again? No, no. wrong end. <laughs> <laughs> Guess again. Sarah, do you suffer this from... from uh, this is for middle-aged men specifically. Sarah, do you suffer from watery movements? I say reading off this pamphlet that Tim gave me. <laughs> um, Tim, I'm not laughing at you. I'm... No, it's there, okay. I laughing can take near it. you. I can take it. <laughs> you will take it. Oh, You're going to be taking it at about 1 o'clock today in pill form, aren't you? Uh, and I you're going to be taking it again tomorrow afternoon <laughs> in an office. And it's so, on a different end. So before, before we start anything today, we really ought to talk it's about this. It's not a day of fun. <laughs> well, not for me. I mean, it's... No, it will not. It's, it's already bad already. Nobody better mess with me today. That's all I'm saying. So <laughs> nobody better I be... Ba- e- I haven't eaten since yesterday. That'll give you a hint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's back up for a moment. So, so Tim will be paying a visit to the uh, to the doctor's office, to his local his local general practitioner tomorrow. Oh, no, it's not a general practitioner. Oh, I'm sorry. He you... specializes <laughs> in one procedure only. <laughs> this is a specialist. Tim, I'd like you to uh, bend over, and here's something for you to chew on. Where's my rubber glove? Yeah. All right. Oh man. Tim, I've I... already had that part. Please sing Moon River. What? I've already had that. Part. Now is this? This isn't. Is... This is a continuation. How do I say this? It's the worst. Part. Is this the camera? I... Yes, it is. Someone's got to take a close look at something. Oh, okay. Inside Tim Riley. Uh huh. 
It's like inside the actor's I, I, studio. I've been told I will not be awake. <laughs> I've been promised I will not be awake. Are you be just pleading with all that is holy that you are not awake? I asked the question three times to find out. Just make sure when you wake up you don't have a temporary tattoo of a rose. Seriously. Oh, that's true, too. What kind of, uh, what, now what do they give to knock you out? Do they give you volume or something? I believe they stick something in your arm. All right. <laughs> and they stick something in your arm. <laughs> and, and then, then they stick something and elsewhere. <laughs> and it's not the arm. Look, we got to stick a few things in a few places. Take off your pants. <laughs> so this is happening tomorrow? Yes, it is. When come it, one come all. When... <laughs> you know, if we were a kooky morning show, Tim, we'd just send along a camera crew. Oh, there's already going to be a camera there, but I don't think really? we get the results of it. Uh, Jesus. They're going to so be filming? When is, well, because they film the inside of your business. That's true. The other business, yeah. the backside business. Yes. Uh, and, then they, and, then they, and then they inspect to make sure everything is correct. Is that right? They remove things that are incorrect. <laughs> so, when is the last well, time you... Sitting. Well, it's not a sitting. <laughs> <laughs> when is the last time you ate? Yesterday. What time yesterday? Dinner? Lunch? Uh, dinner. 6 p.m. Okay, so you... So ate... I'm already fit to be tied and knock somebody out with one punch. <laughs> so it's been 18 hours since you had anything. Yes. Uh, Jeez, let me just... I couldn't do that. Let me go through no, a few of these. I can't do it either. But it's... When, so when, when is the thing? It's tomorrow? Tomorrow afternoon. So you can't eat until tomorrow? That's correct, yes. Let me go through some of these preparation yeah, instructions for colonoscopies. Here we go. Five steps before your colonoscopy, Sarah. Stop taking aspirin, leave ibuprofen, uh, or blood thinners. Let's see. I don't, I don't take any medication. Uh, be sure to continue all your regular medications, fill your prescription, blah, 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 blah. Three days before the exam. Yeah, this so, has been going up for three days, Mike. Avoid foods with nuts or seeds. All You're a vegan. So this, this is it, got... it's, it's my entire diet. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid any and all vegan food. Eat only red meat. Uh, no fiber supplements, no popcorn, no beans, no multigrain bread, no jam, no fruit, no tomatoes, no corn. And I love peanut butter. No, no cucumbers, no kiwi, no strawberry, no raspberry, etc. All the things I love. Uh, one day before your procedure, which is today. Today. No solid food. <laughs> oh, man. Only clear liquids for all meals. Coffee? Anyone? <laughs> How does that even count as a meal? If it's a clear liquid, that's not a meal. I don't care what they're telling you. Mm. Uh, clear liquids. I know people can live on smoothies. I don't get it. Listen to this. No, no, no. But that's not a clear liquid, though. Not you clear. can't even oh, have a smoothie. A, you, you have to be oh, able to see through it. Would you so like to water? Would Pray, you like to know what the the first item on the list? Apple. Water. <laughs> water is great. Clear fruit juice, white grape juice, white cranberry juice, uh, tea or coffee, clear broth or bouillon. That doesn't make sense because it's saying clear, but you can drink coffee. Popsicles and gelatin. Coffee. Look. In preparation for your colonoscopy, you are not to have any red or purple foods. I swear to God, it says that in like in huge letters. Yeah. You are not to eat anything red or purple. Now, why is that? I don't know. Maybe because it'll mess up the test or something. And you really can't see through it. Maybe they put some of these things in here just as a goof to see if you'll do it. You know, you must shave one of your eyebrows. Uh, all right. So here we go. This is so in the morning. Is I guess, is this tomorrow? It says in the in the morning. Prepare oh, your no, that's this morning. Half, half lightly, half, half slightly. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's a drug. But it, it, it says it's a lemon-lime flavor. I've already mixed it. That's for tonight at 6. <laughs> and, and for dinner, a bowl of uninteresting Ooh. lime broth. Oh. Uh, let's see. Begin your clear liquid diet at noon today, Tim. Uh, that's uh, about... Uh, In 40 six. minutes. In 40 In minutes, 40 Tim. Minutes. Take the two delay release uh, besacadile tablets provided in the prep kit. I haven't. <laughs> ex expect before the noontime news. Expect these, expect these tablets to cause a, st a strong bowel movement. 
In as little as one hour. <laughs> in less than an hour. I'm going to be getting up off this chair. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Not for you. Not for me. <laughs> oh, man. But at least I'm generous enough to share. That's true. That is very giving. And then you've got to start drinking some sort of... Is this that thing that's like a metal milkshake? Yeah, I already mixed it. It's like a, I had a friend of mine a long time ago, my friend Brian, had to get an upper GI or a lower GI or something or other, and they had to, he had to drink this thing that was like a barium milkshake, and I said, well, what is that? And he said, he described it as being like drinking a milkshake that was made out of melted metal. Uh, he said, imagine if you were to just take, say, take some metal and melt it down and drink it. He's like, that's what it was I'll, like. I'll save you some and bring it in tomorrow if you want to try what it. Will happen, now, what would happen if I drink it? Oh, I'll Probably get the I'll yeah. get the bowel business, won't I? Uh huh. <laughs> um, That's what it's for. No, it's not a pleasurable drink, apparently. Tim, you will have consumed all or nearly all of this liquid before having your first movement. Watery movement. Ew! That's only tonight, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Initially, Tim, you'll feel slightly bloated. Yes, that, that's what I read. <laughs> and why not go out and see Batman <laughs> after drinking that old canister? Why not sit in a theater in the middle of hundreds of people whom I will have to get past at a moment's notice to get to the bathroom for my watery movement? <laughs> I'm sorry, you'll have to forgive me. I'm having a bit of a watery movement. I uh, continue with clear liquids as needed. Uh, you will become, you will feel bloated, Tim, but will become more comfortable as the movements continue. Uh huh. That, that's okay. This is happening all day today. <laughs> all day today. All day tomorrow, Sarah. Right. I have four bathrooms in the house, and they're, they're all stocked with the supply. And is it like, for you right now, is it sort of like how they tell families to have an escape plan in case there's a fire? Is that your thing? You yeah, a, everything's been taken care of. And, exactly. At any moment, you know exactly where the nearest bathroom and, is and how long it'll take you to get there. And I drove in today instead of taking the Max, because I figured there's going to be a mess. I might as well be in my own car. See, I would figure you would have. Be a mess. I would. I would figure. Would you like some plastic pants from the Harriet Carter catalog? Oh, it's too late. Can we just put you in one of those barrels, like in the old cartoon, yeah. when the guy goes to the poorhouse? Um, so I would. Just figure... this happens to you. You remember this day? Oh no, I'm sure that I'm sure that You're I'll be quickly approaching middle age yourself. I'll be made the object of fun when I have to drink my metal milkshake barium enema thing. Um. Now, but I would figure, I would figure that you would have the opposite viewpoint, though, in that you would figure, screw it, I'm going to go on the max. Why should I soil my own automobile? Soil myself in public? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but I mean, I, mean, I, I have no self-esteem. <laughs> Next, I'm going to want to be a board op. Thanks, Tim. You're not a board op. You're a producer. You're a producer. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, so, but I mean, you figure of all the discomfort that the people on the Max have inflicted on you, all the human misery and suffering and woes and stench and filth and decay. You need to add his hu humiliation. <laughs> That's initially what I thought, too, because I'm like, well, Who's the Max is a dirty humiliated? place. You have a people watering on the Max or me? You have a That's watering true. movement on the car. You have to clean it. You have a watering movement on the Max. Who's going to notice? Somebody you else can easily You can easily take an exit and find a restroom somewhere. Take an exit. I'm sorry <laughs> I have to get up. I have to go take an exit. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Wow. So when are you, so where are those pills that you have to take? You were showing them. They're, they're huge. I know. They, somebody give a horse. Hang on. I'll find them. All right. So Tim is going to conjure up these. Uh, these are the pills that you're taking in 37 minutes. These yeah. are the in less than an hour. He'll be yeah, taking the, the uh, be taking these massive uh, <laughs> movement inducing pills. Those are huge. They're huge. Those are really well, big. They mean business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. What with all, what with the huge like 50 point type about your movement. Wow. All right. Jesus. 
Hey, Tim, um, you'll be receiving medications, which will make it unsafe for you to drive, by the way. I know. It's already been arranged. It sounds like that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really sound like a thing where you'd want to be spending a lot of time stressed out in traffic anyway. No, it is. Jesus. I'm looking forward to getting there. Are you looking forward to the traffic jam that you'll inevitably get into on the way home today? After having taken the oh, movement-inducing yeah. medication? I'm taking my secret way home that nobody else knows about. All right. Good for you, Tim. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Well, I'm sorry you won't be at the dark night tonight, Tim. Oh, it's going to be a dark night for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have my own dark night. Thank you. Zam. <laughs> Zing. Oh, I love the show. All right. Well, fantastic. This ensures I'm here to grace the program for many more, more years. <laughs> no, no, that's true. That's true. Better one night of discomfort than, you know... Cancer. Uh, all right. Well, in any event. Well, you know what? You're gonna, here's the thing. You guys are going to get to have all of the same fun with me when they inevitably find that my thyroid is swollen up to the size of a golf ball. And when they start replacing your teeth in about a year or so. Oh, yeah. No, let's see. They're all done now. I'm, really? just, I'm on the verge of falling apart. I can sense it. I mean, really, it's just, it's just a matter of weeks probably until my body just begins to fall apart from underneath me. Sarah's probably got another, you know, maybe eight or nine years before that starts to happen. But it'll come down on you, too. Yep. Just mark our word. It, it, it starts here and works its way down. So I, I'm pretty much at the end. No. <laughs> no, 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 you got your hips to go still. Oh, that's true, too. <laughs> we can be, and in the news, it snap. Ow! <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. All right, well, there you go. Um, so I, think about me about uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow. So let me see. So, uh, so tonight, when we're at the Dark Knight Theater, uh, we're at the, dark, at the Regal Cinema's entire watching the Dark Knight. I'm screaming in pain. <laughs> oh. Just a lot of pain and just... Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's move on. That's okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Jesus, Rick. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a messenger, sir. We're just passing along this information. This is our In the Public Interest Health segment. Okay. Um, I've gone through a couple of these, and Tim, it, you're not going to die. It'll just However, feel like thank it. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, when I say tether yourself to the porcelain, I'm not kidding. I'm just not kidding. And it's, it's not a painful thing. It's just you will actually use the phrase, oh, my God, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> now, when is the um, – have you ever had uh, to take any medication like this? Have you ever had this procedure done before? Oh, no. Yeah. So this is the oh, first time for you. This is my first time. Yeah, all right. Yeah. How many times have you had this procedure, sir? Uh, twice so far. Now, uh, is it now? Did everything turn out okay? I mean, were oh, yeah. you uh, yeah. you didn't all, have the, the big C is, or anything? Yeah, all is well. All, all right. Well. Uh, just, um, they, you know, you just have to be an empty vessel. So, wow. oh, I'm well on my way to that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the first round of pills in less so, than a half. Once he takes the pills, <laughs> thirty-three minutes. Uh, how long would you say, sir, after Tim takes these pills, will the quote movements begin? Um, the meter's running. You've got a, you've got about forty-five minutes to be in a safe zone. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Would you like us to get the Marty set up and just put it in the bathroom, Tim? <laughs> we'll just have engineering string a microphone down to the laboratory. Oh, yeah, and that's the break that we oh, skipped, too. Oh, Jesus. No, and can I just tell you this? That's, you know what? You know what's going to happen? Today is going to be the day where you're going to try to get into that unisex bathroom and some jackass is going to be in there. Some, whoever it was that was pounding, whatever retard was pounding on the door yesterday and swearing, you know, that they, whoever that is is going to be in there today. And it's going to be taking forever. Taking like 90 minutes. It'll be, be out in the hallway. All oh, the humanity! Yeah, without a doubt, he would break, be able to break that thing down. <laughs> oh, excellent. This, this is motivation. All right, good luck, Tim. Thank, Thank you. you. I just wanna, we're all counting on you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hello. You should just let Mr. Riley go home now. Well, but the no, news. no, we have a program to do. Who here. would give the news to the people, sir? Oh, I, I, I've had the procedure done twice, too. 
and it, it gave me about a half hour, and then I, I was stuck in a little tiny square bathroom for about six hours. <laughs> what if you're unable to even leave, Tim? What if you just have to spend the night here? Well, <laughs> we'll ask uh, Matt for long cable, and yeah. we can read it in our finishing news hour well, from the commode. <laughs> there, you, there you go. That's the worst idea ever. No, no, no. See, Tim is, you know, no, no, no. Tim is a game day player, Sarah, like the men of old. I could have taken the day off. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? Tim is here, and he's doing it. Uh, he's, you know, he's old school. All right. That's a work ethic is what that is. A little something the kids don't know about. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, you know, Tim, I was wondering that uh, lemon-lime-flavored stuff that they said they're going to give you, is that like a gallon jug of that stuff? It's like a half gallon, I believe. Yeah, it, you know, that stuff is the absolute worst-tasting thing in the world. It's like, and, and it's got a texture kind of like glycerin. You guys are making my day. Thank you. And, and <laughs> you know, the sad part was, you're supposed to, like, drink an eight-ounce glass of it every yes, ten minutes or every something? every ten minutes. Don't yeah, by the time I got three-fourths of the way through, it was making me throw up out one end, and, well, you know what was coming out the other end? Well, one was, thing is supposed to come out the other end. Well, you know, and that's, that's the throwing that. up is just a bonus. I that was that was extra extra point score right there. So you uh, you had yourself a good time. All right, thank you, thank you. So when do you drink the drink? At six. When do you drink your milkshake? I already mixed it together. It's in the refrigerator. It's going to be ice cold. Oh, fantastic. Like on a hot day, like country time living. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be just as refreshing. <laughs> sitting, on, sitting on the back porch swing. <laughs> do you remember, remember as a kid, picture. sitting on the back porch swing, waiting for your explosive diarrhea to kick in? <laughs> it's the sound of kids playing baseball. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get through that. It's the sound of kids playing baseball, the scent of lilacs in the air, and the wails of pain as you're locked into a lavatory with uncontrollable watery movements. Country time. All right. That's great. Well, regrettably, we have to break, Tim. Well, you know, I'm going to take those pills on the air at noon. Oh, that's good for you. See? All right, we're going to be on time. So always do it. thinking of the show, Tim. I am. Jesus. All right, if you're on hold, please don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get your phone calls. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Later on, the top five and so forth. Uh, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson. Come on, Come on, this just in. We'll be joined by TMZ's Nina Parker later on today as well. Two o'clock hour. Uh, Jen Lane from Barfly Magazine stopping by as well. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, I'm not joking about the Harriet Carter catalog having plastic pants. Waterproof pants, $7.98. And Bible sweatshirts, right? And Bible sweatshirts. Uh, let's see, what else do they have here? Uh, let's see, disposable bibs. If there's something really wrong with the way you've chosen to lead your life, if you need both waistband expenders... Disposable bibs and plastic pants. You have chosen poorly in any number of ways. All right. Uh, and can I just tell you this? I don't know what a dicky is. That's a thing. Dickies are a mock turtleneck. I had tons of them. What do you mean it's a mock turtleneck? I mean it's a turtleneck. It's basically like a. It has like a flap of material in the front and a flap in the back, but it has. Is it a fake like a collar? It's like a fake turtleneck. Yeah. So is it is is it sort of like the uh, is it the collar equivalent? Of that little cardboard card that guys will sometimes put in their suit pocket that makes it look like they have a handkerchief in there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. All right. I had tons of them. My mom, yeah, my mom loved those things, and so she bought them for my sister and I constantly. Is it just sort of, is it, is it kind I of? Have, I'm actually, when I'm wearing my new kids on the block shirt on my MySpace role, I'm actually wearing a dickie. Because you can tell because it's just a turtleneck, but I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt. Well, all right then. So it's like instant sophistication. Just add that. 
Adds a little touch of glamour, I tell you. <laughs> All right. A touch of Bremerton class. <laughs> uh, by the way, can I just tell you this? There's somebody with whom I went to school, uh, and we were having this discussion. We'll get to Elisa Desjardins in like 30 seconds. But I, uh, we were having this discussion about people with whom you went to school, and then you... Uh, you know, it's like that thing. If somebody tells you about somebody, about somebody, about somebody, and you look at the MySpace and you're trying to figure out if it's them or not. And I noticed that there's somebody with whom I went to school who's now living in Bremerton. And, of course, it, it, it's like immediately my estimation of them just plummeted. You know what I mean? So I just They're choosing to live there. That, that's the thing. It's not like you're born there. I mean, you're born in Kennewick, which is like no great shakes anyway. But, I mean, if you, if you manage to somehow make it out of Kennewick, why would you then be living in Bremerton? It doesn't make any sense at all. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the hill. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars and fashionable woman about town, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Well, hello to you. How's it going? I am uh, I'm fantastic, except I had a dream about Sam Jackson's Snakes on a Plane movie last night. No. I don't know why. Here's the only reason I can come up with, because tonight the station is doing the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Ah. And we also did the Portland premiere of Snakes on a Plane, which I really have to say, and I mean this in absolute sincerity, it was the greatest movie-going experience of my life. What? What? Really, no lie, and I don't mean that in like a kitschy, the kids love the irony kind of way. Uh, not a good movie, not even a good bad movie, but I will say the night that we did the Snakes on a Plane premiere, uh, and it was us and uh, our compatriots, Court and Fatboy, who work at our sister station, KUFO. Right. Um, and we had listeners there, and we had giveaways, and rubber snakes everywhere, and then the movie. It really was, it, 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 I have to say, it was the most fun I have ever had in a movie theater, ever. The period, hands down. I can't think wow. of another another theater-going experience, another cinema-going experience where I had as much fun as I did at Snakes on a Plane. So tonight will probably be as good in a different way. But that's And the thing about it is, is that like Snakes on a Plane is just... There's no way it could ever be recreated. I mean, you watch the movie, now the movie's crap. And the movie's not even really good as a bad movie. It's just sort of bad. But... We were just so pumped up for that movie and just so amped up for Snakes on a Plane. And, I mean, it was like seeing the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Halloween. It was just the crowd was just out of their minds. And more than anything, when I die, someday when I'm 85 years old and taking all my meals through a straw and wetting myself four times an hour, when I look back on the various regrets in my life, I will regret most of all that I did not, uh, that we did not roll tape and record the crowd audio for the Snakes on a Plane world premiere. I mean... It was. Uh, it, it astounds me that somebody didn't record the crowd audio for Snakes on a Plane and then release that as an alternate audio track on the DVD because that really was. Again, it was just. It really was a, just a truly, truly wonderful experience. So, is, are, is that going to happen with uh, you know tonight? Well, I think it's a different kind of reaction. Now, keep in mind, I haven't seen it yet, but Sarah has. And, I mean, you said that the audience at all the appropriate moments was just as quiet as church mice. It was just, you could have heard a pin drop. They were very oh, respectful. Oh, nobody moved. It was yeah. just totally silent. Uh, I think it's a fairly mesmerizing experience. That does seem to be the assembled opinion thus far in the game. Got so uh, I'm looking forward to it. When will you be seeing The Dark Knight, Lisa Desjardins? That's a great question. Maybe tomorrow night. I would say you buy your tickets now. Do you do you realize this? That of all online ticket sales that have happened in the last 72 hours, 90% of them are for the Dark Knight. Wow! Wow! So you yeah, just sounded, like maybe it, maybe you just sounded like done. you just sounded like Mrs. Brofolovsky just then. <laughs> what? 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 Um, uh, 700 showings of the Dark Knight already sold out. By the way, so there you go. Wow. Every every screening all through the weekend in Manhattan already sold out. So I'm just saying, I don't mean to be uh, throwing kerosene on a geek fire. I'm just saying it's got to be going to be. And you know what? And as a journalist, as a cultural observer, uh, I think you owe it to your countrymen to see it. <laughs> then you can be like the Whitney Matheson of CNN. Right. 
All right. Um, by the way, can I just tell you this? Never mind. Never mind. I'm stopping myself right there. I was going to say yes. But... No, no, no. It's just, okay. just going to just take us down a whole road. of. We need an, a, like a supplementary, like an HD channel or a, a second channel or something that is just uh, for tangents I don't get to. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, you know, so it's like it's like outtakes and deleted <laughs> scenes on a DVD. So I had this whole riff about Candy, about Candy Matheson, about Whitney Matheson, who does the Pop Candy blog for USA Today, and I was going to do this whole riff about her, but there's just no point. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to put a pin in that, as they say. Um, all right, the political ticker. Hey, Alicia Desjardins, what's happening in the political ticker today? Yeah, I see. Right, because this, this is what they put on the morning. When I don't have any stories that run in the early morning, they just list me as political ticker girl. Uh, you know, I'll tell you this. There's actually, on Capitol Hill, lots of talk about oil, and, in fact, we expect... Very shortly, I'm looking up now to see if it's going to happen now even, very shortly we expect the House to vote on a bill that would essentially require oil companies to either drill on the lands that they have leased, these are federal lands, federally leased lands, or return that land to the government. What's interesting here is that they're already required to do this, but the difference is probably going to be the timeline and how quickly they must return the land. Democrats are arguing, why drill offshore? Why should we su support offshore drilling when we, there are millions of acres that oil companies are not drilling on that they can in the continental United States? Oil companies, now, I have to be honest, I, this is, nobody knows how much land is used or not used by the oil companies. They say that they're actually using all the land that they have. They say it takes years to explore much of this territory. And, of course, they have, a, they have five to ten years to do it. They say if they weren't using it, they would return it right away because they're paying very significant rent on that land for as long as they hold it. Uh, who knows what the truth is, but this is all part of the big oil debate and all part of this whole should we have more offshore drilling or not debate. We'll see what happens. I think something that matters more, this has kind of gotten a little political, believe it or not, I think probably a more important debate coming up will be the one in the Senate over speculation and whether Congress actually tries to do something to make it harder for people to put their money in oil uh, just for profit. They, people who don't actually need the oil, but people who are just kind of, you know, investing, doing a little, you know, a little dice game basically on the corner with oil. And, and that has some use in the stock market. It can be very, very helpful. But the theory is that now it's gotten out of control, that there's very little regulation on it. And because of that, people are just driving up the prices and creating a huge speculative bubble so that they can continue to make profit. But isn't that the whole thing about, about the stock market? I mean, I hate to sound all like Johnny Apple Pie no. about it, but I mean, that's the American way, right? I mean, of course you're in it for profit. Who cares? Right, exactly. But the idea behind the stock market is that those profits are based on real uh business output, that, that a price in a company goes up because that company is expected to perform better, make more products, uh, you know, somehow that company is going to lead the way and have a real profit based on its merchandise and based on what it's doing. The problem with commodities, or the problem that Democrats say is there with oil right now, is that this has nothing to do with how much oil is needed or how much oil is being produced. They're saying it doesn't have to do with supply and demand. What's going on is you know, people say, you know, say it's me and I invest $1,000 in oil at $1,000 a barrel. Well, I want that price to go up. I'm never going to see the oil. I don't need it. I'm just investing in it to try and make a buck. So it's 
it's worth it for me to encourage other people to keep buying. Hey, everybody, let's buy. And, and there are some people who think that there is mass collusion going on here. That certainly has not been proven, and, and it seems like it would be hard to do. Of course, Enron was able to completely rig the energy market on its own, and people refer to Enron because one reason Enron was able to do that is because energy as a commodity was not regulated as strictly as the stock market, and Enron was able to find loopholes, many of which have now been closed, and dominate that market and control energy for its own profit. So the idea is it's kind of based on uh, – it's not based on what oil is really worth. It's based on what the money people want to make. And if enough people get together and keep pouring their money in, it's, it's almost sort of like a pyramid scheme in a strange way. If you follow me there, it, it, it's not the same as the stock market. Is is the does that make sense? It does, and it, but it, and I have these two thoughts. Uh, one of which is sort of uh, related. One of which is just stupid. Uh, <laughs> the related one is, and this is we're going to talk about the offshore drilling and how uh, the drilling on land and use the land to return it or whatever. I was having the, sort of this fight with my wife about this the other day, and because she's much more like she cares about the earth and people and things and humanity and whatever, and, and I just don't. And it, and I was making the point that even if you do, you really ought to just be pushing for us to use. As much oil as possible because I know how Americans are and I know how human nature is. Uh, you know that that what is that second law of Newtonian motion or something that an object remains on its given path unless acted upon by an outside force? Yes, yes. Here's yeah. the thing: motion, motion, motion. Yeah. We're just never going to stop using oil as long as it's there. That's the thing. We just don't have the willpower. It's like you know what it is. It's like just leaving Tommy Lee alone in a room with a bag of cocaine. It's just <laughs> he's never. You know, you can say to yourself, "Well, I." Uh, I think I'll stop snorting the cocaine. And meanwhile, just looking at the huge vial that's sitting across the room from you. So the only way that, uh, you know, that we're ever going to get off the junk is just for it to be gone. So I would, if I were president, and I'm only half kidding about this, if I were president, I would really just start a push to use as much oil as possible as fast as we possibly can. Because then once it's gone, then there'll be no fooling around. Then we'll like have to, you know, we'll have to pull our head out and figure what the hell we're going to do. To sort of power everything in the future, because to pretend that we somehow have the, the just, like the, the the intestinal fortitude just a cold turkey, it is just that's just uh, that fools no one. That is a transparent falsehood, Lisa. I... You know it's true. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Okay. All right. My second. I can tell that tone of patient indulgence. My <laughs> second. My second thing is this. This is a joke that I uh, that I uh, used yesterday, and that I fact. In fact, I think I, I was recycling from about a month ago. You were talking about how it's a pyramid scheme. Don't you believe uh, that there ought to be some sort of a Family Guy episode where Peter is taken in by a Happy Days scheme that's called a Fonzie scheme? Oh, I don't know this. All right, never mind. Don't worry about it. Never mind. It's a dumb I like joke. It. I like Skip the it. idea, though. Never mind. Now we'll just we'll move on. Okay, so, you know, I was batting one out of two there. That's okay. I'm sorry. That's, that's okay. Don't blame yourself. Did you watch Rush on Colbert? No, no. I got home late last night. You know they have technology now. They have science. I know, I know but I, I never. I, uh, my, as you know, my DVR is full of Kenny versus Benny, so we've got we've got to erase them. How many uh, how many hours of television will your DVR hold? Not many. I think like two. I don't know. Really? We probably got. I think Jason said it incorrectly, so we're recording repeated episodes. And and he and here's the thing: a, you got to not record repeated episodes. B, if your DVR will do this, I know the TiVo will, but the DVR, you know, who knows, know. Uh, where you can adjust the quality at which you record the things. Ooh. So sometimes it'll default to recording everything on the absolute highest quality, which is really pointless. I mean, unless it's That's just a great idea. Yeah, you can if you. I mean, on the TiVo, you can adjust it like highest quality. Good quality, like average quality, medium quality, basic quality, whatever. And, of course, the lower the quality, the more room there is. And, I mean, you can really take it down a notch or two without any noticeable degradation. 
You know, I have to shift subjects really quick. Yes. And you guys don't have a TV in your studio, do you? We do. We just don't ever use it because it doesn't really work. If you, <laughs> well, there you go. For for anyone who can uh, jump on to C-SPAN right now, showing the House debate, I'm just the, just this is the oil debate we were talking about a minute ago. I'm noticing that Nancy Pelosi has a necklace that is straight out of the Flintstones. It's really? Amazing. Like the full-on Wilma. It's Nicholas? a full-on woman. It's red, white, and blue. Though she's been, I mean, she's been going with bigger and bigger and bigger beads, and this is like, it's amazing. Wayne, hold on now. If if she is wearing a, if she is wearing a necklace that is red, white, and blue, and yet looks as though they are a large round stones like Wilma Flintstone, yeah. that would in fact make it a Lady Elaine Fairchild necklace from oh. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Because that is exactly the necklace that Lady Elaine Fairchild wears on Mr. Rogers in the Land of Make-Believe. You know, I wish I could conjure that in my head. I can't, but it may be. See, just like your DVR is filled with Kenny and Spenny, my brain is just filled with crap. I'm completely distracted by this necklace. I need to be paying attention to her arguments, right. but it's... Well. It's it's it's. But the uh, necklace has crazy. some sort of unholy hypnotic power over yeah, you. Yeah, she does. She is the. And you've noticed more and more professional women are wearing the big beads, and she started it with pearls that were, you know, your larger size pearls. But they, have, I mean, this is huge. These are very large, like the not like the lar super large gumball size. Typically, like the big chunky jewelry like that is. Ah, uh, never mind. Never mind. I was gonna make. I was gonna make a broad generalization. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna, I will withdraw it now for fear of looking like an insensitive lug. Um, uh, as we wrap this up, Lisa Desjardins. Now, uh, as a recent convert, what is your favorite Rush song? Uh, wow, favorite Rush song, uh, Free Will. Okay, fair enough. All right, there you go. That was probably is is Jason Sporbert an Ayn Rand fan? You know, he is not. No, you know, and sadly, nor am I. But it's it's for completely uh, subconscious reasons. I I, I in general. Is it because she's ponderous and abrasive? No, it's because... And overrated. My mom blames her for the breakup of their marriage. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's awkward. Well, it's... A, you know, I got Your break. mom blames Ayn Rand for the breakup of your parents' marriage? Yeah. In part. I am so torn between knowing I shouldn't ask and wanting to ask. In part. In okay, part. what the hell? You have to... I mean, in what... It, it, I, it, da, apparently, Dad was reading... I think it was Atlas Shrugged. And it surprises not the Fountainhead, but I'm pretty sure it was Atlas Shrugged. And uh, and she she is certain that that filled him with you know I ideas that made him why I see it all clearly now I'm supposed to be a selfish jerk exactly this is this is what my mom can is now I don't see my dad as a selfish jerk I know the two of them classic kind of lethal combination right yes but anyway so as a kid like I heard this daily almost and so I'm kind of so like, you have a terrible terrible negative association with um, Ayn Rand no. The truth is, I I admire her. You know, like from my own like separating that out, I I admire what she did. I think she's obviously a great writer, great thinker, whatever. But I know that any any idea taken to an extreme is dangerous. And yeah, I've, I've got mixed feelings. Well, I will say this, and obviously, you know, I, I, don't, I don't pretend to know anything about your dad. I will say this: I know a lot of people who are huge Ayn Rand fans right. and almost always um, sort of irritating libertarians, and <laughs> they all read Atlas Shrugged, and then they just they just read that, and then it, they feel. That somehow it people a lot of people who become like Randians or become libertarians really just do it because they want a way to rationalize being like a holes. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's the case for your dad. I'm really not. But I'm saying I know a lot of people who you know it's like a lot of people who become really strident atheists just because they like the idea of being jerky and having no one to you know like I can then I can just be as obnoxious as I like. So well, have you ever watched the movie version of The Fountainhead? Oh God no. Oh it's it was from like some kind of 1950s era black and white. 
movie, and it's I think it's black and white. It should be if it wasn't. Uh, and it is just over-the-top melodramatic. It's fantastic. All right, then. Yeah. All right. Ridiculous. And I was going to make a uh, – ah, never mind. Well, just we'll move on. I just How many Ayn Rand references can I possibly I make inside one show? Good. All right. Well, we've gone from interesting to awkward, back to amusing, to political, to entertaining. <laughs> Only you and I can really do this sort of thing. All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow, Lisa? I'm not. You know, I'm trying to burn some um, vacation time before uh, the election, so I'm off uh, the next – Two Fridays and Mondays. So doing doing a three day work week. All right. So I will speak to you then Tuesday probably. Exactly. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Best to Jason. We'll talk to you soon, okay, Lisa. Great. Thank you. There you go. All right. So I don't know. Well, that all just kind of came pouring out of nowhere. Call me stupid, but I don't know anything about Ayn Rand. So what is what's <sighs> going on there? Ayn Rand is a, uh, uh, see, and I say this, and I can already hear like Ron Paul supporters picking up the phone, to, uh, grabbing their iPhones to pound out angry emails to me. Ayn Rand was a philosopher, pundit, blah, 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 slash author. And she espoused a really, a really sort of extreme for, uh, sort of form of libertarianism, which, which when boiled down to its essence is really kind of an every man for himself kind of political philosophy. And I know that Ayn Rand followers will say that's not the case. Anyway, and this is, it was kind of most clearly espoused in this book called Atlas Shrugged. Uh, and and Ayn Rand is just a really polarizing, really divisive figure and thinker, and and had a really like whacked personal life on top of the whole thing. But, uh, but I, I'm kind of doing a disservice by trying to distill it down to like 15 seconds. But you go to when you get a chance, go to Wikipedia. I'm, yeah, I'm on Wikipedia. Right yeah, now. and 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 you just kind of read some of the Ayn Rand philosophy. And I'm not, you know. I know that Ayn Rand has had a profound in, impact on a lot of people, and a lot of people I respect really like. Ayn Rand uh, and her writings and her books and whatever. Uh, to me, people who are really, really into Ayn Rand are almost always just insufferably like pretentious and snooty, like jerks. I mean, almost always. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm reading this, and it doesn't seem like something I'd be really. Seriously, into. No, but again, it's kind of like why I'm better than other people. Yeah, it is like it's like knowing someone who is a lowercase libertarian, which is sort of like yeah, you know, like. Meet a lot of people, you know, like 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 Tom Likas or like me, or you know, a lot of people who just sort of want less government, and people who are really, uh, like, really aggressively uppercase libertarians, and people like that are almost invariably just dicks. Like, I mean, like to a man, mm -hmm. and it's always guys. By the way, let's let's also note that everybody you know that is really freakishly into Ayn Rand is a man. All of them, they're all guys. Just like everybody you know that is into Frank Zappa and libertarianism is a man. Thompson. What's that? Or Hunter S. Thompson. Or Hunter S. Thompson, I suppose, on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. But there are certain there are certain kinds of there are certain kinds of art and books and philosophies and whatever that really um that really strongly resonate with people who are yeah nah, you know I, I never, I'm just gonna I'm gonna back up because then we're getting then, because then we're just now we're just turning into NPR yeah just having a long discussion about Ayn Rand but I'm just saying you show me a guy that's really into Frank Zappa I'll show you a guy that's really into Ayn Rand and a guy who spends all of his time talking to people whose middle names are at so all right, uh, let's take a break here. It's 503-733-2970. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 
the Rick Emerson radio program. An excursion into whimsy. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. This email just says, Tim, don't take those pills, whatever you do. Okay, I have them right here. All right, is it pill-taking time? He has to take right, them. Hold on, let me go. Uh, say B-R-A on them. B-R-A. No, I don't believe that's what it means. All right, are you? Pill number one. All right, do we have a timer? Sarah, you have a timer up yeah. there, don't you? Let's set the timer now and see how long it takes for the explosive evacuation to kick in. Okay, here's the first I wonder what's in those pills. We'll soon find out, won't we? <laughs> All right, I swallow the pill. All right, fantastic. All right, are you... Richie's immediately in here with a camera. <laughs> Richie, the... Hi, Richie. Richie, there's nothing filmable for about an hour. <laughs> all the good stuff is going to be in. All the good stuff is going to be about one o'clock. The nurse told me between one and six hours. Between uh, one and six—that's a nice window. Is that like when? In. That's like when the cable guy says, "No, look, I'll be there between noon and the midnight." You just want to stick around the house. Right now, I feel fine uh-huh. for someone who hasn't eaten since six o'clock. Last well, that's my oh, question. Yeah, is what? Pretty quick, but I mean, but that's my question: is like, what is there to get out? I don't know. I mean, if you haven't eaten Everything. anything. Well, well it out. takes a few a few days to. That's right, because uh, that's right, because you went and had your, the the colon cleansing thing, and they were talking about the forty pounds of whatever that's always in your intestines. Or so something. there's probably not as much of me. I don't sit down and eat steak or meat or anything like that. So we should get this over with quickly. It's gonna be decades of impacted zucchini. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And this news is brought to you by Leif's Auto Collision Centers, Dynasty Collision Repairs. Go to Leif's.com and find out what Leif's can do for you. Dateline Aloha, police shot off a man's thumb with non-lethal sponge rounds after he threatened to kill people with a hammer. Hammer. Yep. They they uh, shot Marcellus Eggers six times with a non-lethal rounds and finally had to use a taser to take him down after he continued to advance threateningly on police. Sponge rounds are designed to be non-lethal choices for officers that are unlikely to penetrate soft tissue because the round spreads the impact over a wide area. Well, sponge is a sponge, I would imagine. The incident began when deputies were called multiple times about a man with a hammer threatening residents of an apartment complex at 18850 Southwest 185th Avenue. The caller saying the man was yelling that he wanted to kill someone, banging on doors, and at one point hitting himself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> I love Oregon. I'm really with you. This is not I've what... never lived in such a thrilling place <laughs> to be able to do this job. I, I, that is really, and I've lived in a lot of weird places, man, but there's nothing that comes close to Oregon. And the people who said, go west, young man, were right. Yeah, they absolutely manifest destiny, Tim. So once again, let me reread that. The caller said the man was yelling that he wanted to kill someone, banging on doors, and at one point, hitting himself in the head with a hammer. Good for him. When they arrived, the Agers was sitting on the step, muttering to himself, <laughs> while holding the hammer and refusing to drop it. He stood up, yelled at the deputy, and raised the hammer as he prepared to strike, taking steps... Uh, that alienated uh, the deputy. Four deputies around at the scene, and one of them was armed with a 44-millimeter multi-launcher armed with six sponge rounds. Can the general public buy these? I was just, that sounds like a made-up weapon. That doesn't even sound like real. Fun. It does. Uh, when Akers began to advance on the deputies, he was shot six times with sponge rounds. But although uh, he was injured by the rounds, he continued to advance. 
So, the deputy got close enough to use a taser to take him down long enough for the deputies to uh, take him into custody. Sponge Round is the sidekick in the underwater Indiana Jones movie. Well, this is Sponge Round Squarepants. Uh, once in custody, deputies saw that one of Ager's fingers had been severed. They found the detached finger and transported it with him to the hospital. Investigators say it was likely that one of the sponge rounds hit the hand that he was holding the hammer in tightly and pinched the finger, severing it below the first knuckle. He was uh, being evaluated by doctors and then released. Investigators say he'll face charges including menacing, disorderly conduct, and lawful use of a weapon. Being crazy. So he was hitting himself in the head with a hammer every now and again. That's the best part of it. <laughs> what, Tim? Clonk, clonk, clonk. <laughs> like the Roadrunner would, would hit Wiley Kite with, <laughs> with some sort of a wacky cartoon mallet. Tweet, tweet, uh, tweet, tweet. All the little birds flying around. What was in those pills you just took? <laughs> um... But then the I like the fact that he wasn't always hitting himself in the head with a hammer. It was just sort of sporadically, like when you know, was, when he wasn't threatening to kill somebody at slack moments. Uh, this is like that woman who was stabbing herself in the neck with knitting needles uh, yesterday, and then the cops finally had enough of that and just shot her in the face. Oh, by the way, uh, attention geeks! Warner Brothers apparently just launched an application for the iPhone that lets you take pictures of anyone and turn them into the Joker. So there you go. Uh, so this, uh, so Thomas has that. He's going to take some pictures and send it to us. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. 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 So then we have this motorcyclist, a tigered man, arrested after an extensive chase that ended in the Tualatin area. Actually, started in Tualatin, ended in Albany. It happened late Wednesday night. Tigered police saw a motorcyclist speeding northbound on Highway 217 near 72nd. As they followed the cyclist, he entered the southbound I-5. Uh, the trooper tried to stop him. The motorcyclist rode over 130 miles an hour southbound using all four lanes to maneuver through traffic. Wow. So finally, at 12.39 a.m., the motorcyclist came to a stop on the inside medium off I-5, where troopers arrested the operator, 27-year-old Gary Allen Smith. According uh, to the troopers, the high-speed chase ended because the motorcyclist ran out of gas. Okay, but you got to give it up to him. He really made... He's not like one of those idiots that goes on a slow-speed chase for and he's three got hours. he's big grin on his face like he accomplished something. I mean, in his mugshot. He really did give it give it all he had, though, on a motorcycle to 130... Wow, he's crazy. Crazy. Give me a hammer. Okay, but his... This can I just tell you this? So this guy, and it's frustrating because you can't see his whole shirt. Um, there's a whole trend lately of idiots being arrested wearing shirts that say things that are sort of ironic or appropriate, like that guy that was Out arrested. Well, yeah, that was trying to bugger the the, the underage girl who was, of course, a world's cop and world's greatest dad. This guy in his mugshot, the shirt says, "Every great idea I have," and then you can't read the rest of it. But, like, you know it ends with, like, ends poorly or something. Well, good for you, sir. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. How are you? Hi, what's up? Um, hey, I got an idea for a contest on the timing of Tim's uh, medication taking effect. That's a great idea. We should totally give something away if you can pick the, the minute. Tickets. The minute. Well, we gave us away yesterday. Oh, I thought we had, you had something else to give away today. Um, no. We no. have, uh, well, we have some Dark Knight swag, but we're going to give that away tonight at the event. Uh, we have oh, well, copies whatever. of Batman Begins on DVD. We have the Star Wars trilogy. We have Dark Knight uh, collectible figures and whatever. Um, That'd be great. Okay, but the idea is, yeah, that you would call up and then you would place, you would be in a, 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 a whatever, a pool, for the minute at which Tim's pills begin to take effect in his uh, evacuation system. And then if you are closest to it without going over, uh, you'll win like a copy of, uh, you know, like transfers on DVD or something. I've, I've got a guess. Okay. 49 minutes. Wait, but how would we even, now how would we even, uh, you know, because I haven't verify who it is? It's been Did seven... Sarah set the timer? No, 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 but I mean, how will we verify, like, that you're you, like, if you say this, you know what I mean? Richie can uh, get I can give you my phone number off the... 
Well, that's going to be a lot of fun for Richie. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Well, we won't do that quite yet. Maybe we'll do that like five minutes worth of those uh, later on. What we do you can't think? wait that much longer. <laughs> that's true. It's already been eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. Have a good day. All right. There you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley. There's a new sheriff being sworn in Multnomah County today. He's Sheriff Skipper. He is replacing a Sheriff Justo, who resigned amid a state investigation into his conduct. Sheriff Skipper is uh, was also his temporary successor. He is no stranger to the job. He served uh, as sheriff 15 years ago. Oregon State outfielder John Wallace and Beavers pitcher Anton Maxwell have been sentenced to 15 days in jail for firing rifle bullets at a neighbor's house and car. They pled guilty in Benton, uh, Benton County Court to reckless endangerment. Let's call it what it is, said Judge Locke. It was monumental stupidity. With first-time offenders, uh, we don't often let them see the inside of the jail. We may be doing them a disservice. And, of course, they're athletes, so they get away with more than the general public. I'm trying to find a water-sloshing sound to accompany your uh, your impending doom. Hold on, oh. let me see if I can uh, let's see if this will play. Let's see. Mm. <laughs> what the hell was okay. that? I don't know what that was. It's the inside of Tim's colon. Ew. Doesn't that sound like that fog hog thing that we used to have? That it does. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so getting back to the story, Corvallis police say these uh, athletes fired 22 caliber rifle bullets into a neighbor's house, went into a bedroom during a late night target shooting practice. So they decided to make the neighbor's house <laughs> the target. The bullets also stuck in car parked behind the house. Of course. Of course, any normal person would see some significant prison time, but because... One's an OSU outfielder and another a Beavers pitcher. Better than everyone else, Tim. Mm-hmm. Because they are the leaders of tomorrow because they're athletes. Special rules, Tim. Everyone else must follow their example. <laughs> Tim, we can only hope to be like them. Uh, we can do no more than to uh, look at their example and try to emulate their behavior. A 34-year-old man has been star- stabbed at the Taco Bell in Milwaukee. A group of teenagers and the man were involved in a confrontation. At least the two teenage boys pulled out knives. One of the boys stabbed the man in the neck. His identity has not been released. He was rushed to Milwaukee Providence Hospital, and he's reported by deputies to be conscious and breathing. A number of witnesses helped the deputies with tips on the investigation. The stabbing happened on the McLaughlin Boulevard, Taco Bell. Donnie and Marie Osmond are taking over Las Vegas this summer in advance to their upcoming engagement at Las Vegas's Flamingo Hotel and Casino. The sibling duo will be highlighting a week-long show at the MGM Grand starting tonight. The one-week event will run July 17th through the 23rd at the Holiday Theater inside the hotel. Now, when do they go to the Flamingo, though? When does that happen? I might actually go see that. Uh, the Flamingo begins September 9th. It's a 90-minute show with Donnie Marie performing their greatest hits. I'm in a multimedia show and a large number of dancers. I think I would probably go to see that. I would go to see Donnie Marie. They've agreed to a six-month stint at the hotel. Good for them. The Donnie Marie show will run Tuesday through Saturday at 7.30 local time, an additional Saturday matinee at 3.30. Excellent. And uh, you have to go to the Flamingo box office. Hmm. And I'm going to be in uh, Vegas in this, uh, November, so they'll still be there for that. So this, uh, and then, so Richie's going uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. You're going in November. Sarah, you, you're going to New York. Are you going to Vegas sometimes? Did you tell me you're going to Vegas this year? No, I already went to Vegas this year. Oh, uh, did you? I can't, man. I, it's oh, all yeah. such a blur to me. I, I can went never in remember. April. Can never remember when anything happens. All right, I got to try to get back to uh, try to get back to New York at some point too. Uh, Laura and I were just talking about that, so I don't know. Maybe sometime in the next like year or so. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Kennewick man is in jail after walking into a Days Inn completely naked. 
28-year-old Edward Mendoza was wearing his birthday suit as he checked into the hotel Tuesday night, then went up to a room and sexually gratified himself in front of an open window. <laughs> Wait, but hope they didn't stop him when he walked no. into the hotel. They get, They're not going to turn away business. Very good, sir. Well, you need the minibar. All right. Long distance calls. Excellent. Free HBO. All right. And you're nude. Okay. Well, police were called to the scene and found the man hiding in the exercise room. Exercising, well, something else, and naked. <laughs> a small amount of cocaine was also found inside his room. He's currently in jail on suspicion of lewd conduct. Suspicion, suspicion of lewd conduct. conduct. How would, I mean, how would they possibly... Well, whatever. All right. It's been 12 minutes. Oh, by the way, uh, let's see. Uh, what I have was, this little metal taste well, in my mouth. <laughs> Uh-oh. That means it's penetrating into you. It's seeping into your bones, Tim. Uh, yeah, so not this weekend, but next weekend I have to be in goddamn Kennewick. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. And by the way, and it's going to be like 110 degrees. I joked the well, other day. Our hometowns, because I'm going to be in Bremerton. Jesus, I looked at kind of with the other day at 10 o'clock at night. It was 93 degrees. Ooh, that is not right. That is not right. Uh, and it's going to be the weekend of the stupid goddamn hydroplane races, which is when the town's population, you know, quadruples. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just I just hung up on somebody. That's my mistake. All right. Hey, let's, uh, but Richie, this is a good chance to do this now that I've actually cleared up the phones. Let's take, um, we'll do a couple banks of calls here, Richie, at 503-733-2970. And it is guess the minute at which Tim's medication will kick in. Uh, so what happens if it doesn't happen? Because the nurse told me between one and six hours. So it might not happen at all. Well, then nobody wins. Somebody else gets to keep the tickets then. Well, no, but, but, wait, so are we doing this from like when Tim goes next time Tim uses the facilities? Well, wait. Now I don't even know. Weren't we just talking? Because what minute is it at now? How many minutes ago did he take his drug? Thirteen minutes and twenty-three seconds. And she told you it would start happening in as little as an hour. A little, or as much as six hours. So we could do. But sometimes those things can even start early. So we could do. Uh, so it's like twelve fifteen right now, basically. So we would have people pick. A time, 2.43, one fifteen, uh, you know, uh, 2.05. Mm-hmm. And if you are the, cl- if it happens at some point before the end of the program, the person who is closest to that without going past it wins the prize. What do you think? Does think that make sense? Good. Does that yeah. work? All right. Hey, Richie do, you, Richie, do you understand what I just said? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just write down the time. Yeah, write down the times, and then you'll need either an email or a phone uh, number for them. Okay. <laughs> he sounds really happy about it. You're going on vacation next week. Quit your bitching. Um, uh, so let's do what? Like two banks of calls? Three? How many? How many calls? Yeah. How many? How many? How many contestants should we do on this? Um, yeah, I'd say two, two or three. Whatever, right. whatever you. All right. Uh, whatever feels like a nut. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, what is your name? Uh. This is CJ. Hi, CJ. Uh, what is your guess for when Tim Riley's medication will kick in? Well, I might as well throw in the John Adams thing, 42. So wait, so, but I mean, it's got to be, I think we're going to have to picking a time between now and 3 p.m. Oh, now and oh, 3 p.m. so we're not counting the times anymore? I, we can, but don't you think it's going to be, it's going to be confusing? Yeah, yeah, right. So we'll just pick a time, a specific hour oh. and minute between now and 3 o'clock. He took the medication about oh. 20 minutes ago. 1.17. 1.17. Excellent. Um... Also, this is the same CJ the Family Guy DVD. Yes, sir. Reminding you, and you were trying to do a sound effect for Tim. Yes. And uh, when you first, when this whole 
subject came up, I immediately thought of that South Park episode uh, where uh, Kenny comes into class with uh, explosive diarrhea and the sound effect. <laughs> oh, and there's the brown noise uh, episode, too. Uh, and, yes. um, and also that Futurama thing where they, you know, uh, he had the worm. And Fry had the worm. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tim's clutching his stomach. All right, thank you. Sir. Oh, he's not really right. good. <laughs> wait, wait, one last thing. Quickly. Um, on the History Channel, yeah. uh, they did a Dark Knight thing on the psychology of Batman. I heard about that. I uh, I didn't get a chance to tape it. I'm hoping they replay it, though, which they most assuredly uh, will. I saved it on my DVR. I'll make a VHS of it if you'd like. Uh, it's okay. I'm going to try to grab it this weekend when it plays. But thank you, my friend. Okay. All right, thank Bye. you. All right. Hi. Okay, we need to get... You're on the Rick Emerson Show. At what time do you believe Tim's stomach upset will ensue? What time do you have right now? Uh, it's 12.18. Okay, I'm saying 12.24. 12.24. What is your name, sir? Steve. Steve. I have a top five suggestion. All right. Uh, yesterday you did uh, songs with the word dark. Yeah. Why not do top five songs with the word night? Uh, uh, too obvious? All right. Now, there's something there. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. It's easy. Okay, bye. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna, you, you, the thing is, you got to stay in hold because Richie's got to get your information. That's the thing. Now, this is, this is going so badly because now people are hanging up before Richie can actually get their information. Hmm. All right. Hi, this is such a disaster of a contest. Maybe we should just scrap this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is your guess for when Tim Riley's stomach upset will ensue? Um, I will say 210. 210. What is your name, sir? My name is Daryl. Uh, Daryl. All right, Daryl. I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your either phone number or email address. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay, there you go. As long as they yeah, know that, that Richie's got to get there. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is your guess for when Tim Riley's stomach upset will ensue? I'm going with uh, 12.45. 12.45? Yes. 12.45. What is your name, sir? Adam. Adam. All right, Adam, I'm going to put you on hold. Rich, you'll get your information. Thank you, sir. All right. All right, we'll do a few more. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When will Tim Riley's stomach upset ensue? Uh, 1.33. 1.33. What's your name, sir? Aaron. Aaron. All right. Thank you. I'll put you back on hold. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, we'll do two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When will Tim Riley's stomach upset ensue? 123. 123. All right, great. And Richie will get your information. Thank you. I think All people right. are way overshooting. One more. Uh, it may not happen while the program is in progress. When? I don't know. I see you kind of going. I saw you clutching your stomach just then. Well, I'm, my stomach is rumbling, and I think it's because I haven't eaten so long. Exactly. Rick Emerson, show. When do you believe Tim Riley's stomach upset will ensue? 2.30. 2.30. What is your name? My name is Ken. Ken. All right, yeah. I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you. Richie, can you get the k k k ken there on line two? All right, great. Okay, so there we go. That's uh, we'll just do. And if you are closest to that without going over uh, at a time, and we will determine the time at which it happened. That will be Tim Riley's sole discretion. Tim will tell us exactly when it happened. Uh, and if you are closest without going over, uh, you'll win something nice uh, from the AM 970 prize closet. <laughs> we'll find something. We'll you. find something. It'll probably... No. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, a one-year-old girl is lucky to be alive after she fell off of a third-story windowsill in Queens. Little Cindy Romero's tumbled out of her third-floor window at 134 57th Street shortly before 6 o'clock last night. Luckily, the child landed on two balls that helped break her fall. She was taken to the hospital with unknown injuries. There were no guards on the windows. The investigation is ongoing. Time for Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for Thursday on the Rick this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Queen Circle, I remember you used to... Just a television show. That's all. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. 
You got it? Better does. Part 1. TiVo is set to release its software upgrade that will let users use uh, YouTube videos on their televisions. The deal with the Google video sharing site originally announced in March is scheduled to start rolling out in a few weeks. TiVo owners will need a Series 3 or TiVo HD box to be eligible for the software upgrade. See, that's yet another thing you can do with the TiVo. So, yeah, you can already get, get buy stuff or watch stuff directly off Amazon. Now you can watch YouTube videos directly in your TiVo. It says here it's not terribly revolutionary. The Apple TV box has given owners access to YouTube for over a year now. Yeah, but nobody owns those. That's true, too. Uh... Yes, that's I have so there are so few opportunities for me to lord something over Apple as being superior. So the Apple box is fine, except it, like you don't. I mean, nobody nobody knows anybody who's heard even, of the Apple box that's because nobody owns it. So, uh, but the, the TiVo though just continues to just. Uh, I mean, I know the DVR works. The DVR is perfectly functional. The DVR gets the job done. Uh, but it's the you know, but God is in the details, and the difference between a DVR and a TiVo is like the difference between between uh, whatever phone you use and an iPhone. And it's just that's just that's just the fact. There's no, there's no getting around that. All right, there's your... Uh, oh, wait, oh, do we have no, more no. in the Geek Watch? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Let me pull up a chair. Pull up a chair, please. Uh, this is about the Batman. Warner Brothers has trumpeted that the new Batman, the Dark Knight, has sold advanced tickets in the studios for its, quote, at a pace unlike any other in the history of film, unquote. The film opens on 4,366 screens. You mean they're selling tickets at a level previously unseen in the past? That's right. Okay. Many multi-screen theaters will be showing The Dark Knight on two, three, even four or more screens. According to MovieTickets.com, 700 Dark Knight performances are sold out. The film is outsold Pirate, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, even though here it says Dean Man's Chest, uh, Spider-Man 3, and The Lord of the Rings to Two Towers. Some theaters will be showing the flick around the clock. They're going to be in Manhattan. They're showing it all night, all morning, all night, all morning. I mean, literally, screenings at midnight, three, five, six, uh, all night long. They're not even going to stop it. That's they're, gonna, not... they're going to run it 24 hours. Well, there'll be hours a lot today. of tired people tomorrow. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, I can't even. Tomorrow? Hey, sidebar. Damn. Damn me to hell. Oh, I meant to suggest a great sidebar article to Lisa Desjardins about something. Call her back. Nah, she's going to be out of town. And that would look like I'm stalking. Uh, you know, there's a great sidebar article that somebody ought to do. Somebody ought to do a sidebar piece about uh, how much, how many hours of productivity in the American workplace are going to be lost tomorrow because of people who went to see The Dark Knight tonight. And how many people are calling in with, like, Batman flu, you know? Because I'm not going to be, <coughs> I'm not going to, and they're not going to be able to go, see, to go to work because they saw they were up all night seeing The Batman. Harry Medved of the Fandango said the film is selling out in towns not normally known for box office. You would expect a film like The Dark Knight would do well in New York it's City and Chicago, awesome. where the movie was shot, in Los Angeles. It sounds exactly, it's not him, but it sounds but just like Peter I didn't Peter expect Crowley. that it would be selling out in Boise, Idaho, and Madison, Wisconsin, and Seattle, yeah. Washington, and uh, there's a bunch of theaters in uh, Alaska. It's completely sold yeah, out. It sounds a lot like Peter Whoa, Carlin. Yeah. That's Harry Medved. I have more from him. Yeah. He said the new Batman film is already the top-selling movie on Fandango. The Dark Knight is the top ticket seller of the year on Fandango, oh. and uh, it is likely going to surpass all other films in the eight-year history of Fandango as one of our top ticket sellers. Right now, it's uh, just uh, neck and neck for number two, about to surpass Revenge of the Sith. You can thank the death of Heath Ledger for part of that success. Thank you. I think that his performance would have driven ticket sales even if the guy were alive. But the fact that he's no longer with us and the tragedy of thinking that we're not going to get any more great performances like this one from the guy, it's just spurring more curiosity to see the film. 
Let's talk to Aaron Eckhart. That's, that's all he's missing. You sound like Peter Carlin, by the way. Just that, it's just that sigh at the very beginning. Oh, this is Peter Carlin. I can't be bothered to talk to you. Uh, Harvey Dent says, uh, many people are willing to help familiarize themselves with this character, the Harvey Dent. When people knew that I was going to be Harvey Two-Face, uh, they came out of the woodwork, and the most unlikely people were coming up with facts that, um, you know, it was like baseball statistics from 1942 World Series, third inning. You know, I mean, like, how do you know this stuff? He has taken great pains to make sure his character's looks stay secret. The secrecy issues involved with a movie like this are intense, and uh, you have to do extraordinary things. I know, you know, people obviously had seen what Batman looked like, but uh, Heath and I had to wear hoods over our heads and go into public with, uh, you know, looking like um, friars, and uh, that was interesting. You know, the weird thing is, if you think back on it, uh, the, uh, the, all the fanboys... Uh, were really, really, really skeptical of Heath Ledger playing the Joker. I mean, I don't remember, I remember, he's sort of lost now because in the greatness of his performance, which, you know, everybody's already just saying is fantastic, uh, and everybody, you know, people have it's come around and they've really sort of accepted the fact that he did a great job as the Joker. Even people who haven't seen it have sort of, you know, you know the word is just so strong, people realize now that he was the right guy. Mm-hmm. It's hard to remember this now, but when they first, I mean, a couple years ago now, when they first announced that Heath Ledger was going to be playing the Joker. Nobody thought that was a good idea. Everybody, because all you'd ever seen him in was 10 Things I Hate About You and Brokeback Mountain, and he just seemed kind of like a pretty boy. He just seemed like some, you know, pretty boy, 20-something guy, like an, like an OC kind of a guy, and nobody thought that he was going to be able to pull it off. They, 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 the people were just roundly dismissive of the idea that Heath, Lick, uh, Heath, uh, Joker, Heath Ledger could ever play the Joker. Um but, you know, so it, it does it just goes to show how people can really defy your expectations. I mean, it's because at this point, even not having seen the movie, mm-hmm. it's impossible to imagine anybody else playing the role. And, uh, God, uh, Aaron Eckhart, I've never seen him in anything else before, but he, uh, honestly, Harvey Dent in, you know, Two-Face is my favorite character in that. He does such a, an amazing job as that character. Well, you want to talk about Aaron Eckhart? Talk about... Uh, uh, what else is he in? What would I have known him from? He was in Thank You for Smoking. Oh, uh, he was in... Um, uh, God, not Armageddon. What is that movie where he plays like a he plays like a like a mission control dude? It's not the it's not Armageddon. It's a it's a, a something or other. Um, he was in um uh he was in uh, he first came to prominence in a movie called um in the company of men, which is a really profoundly disturbing uh, film. Have you not seen In the Company of Men? Mm-mm. Boy, that movie is just like being kicked in the soul over and over and over again. Um, this he, In the Company of Men... I, did, I saw him in Aaron Brockovich. That's what Aaron Brockovich. And then he's in something else. He was in like a romantic... He was in that romantic comedy with... What's her name? Uh, with Catherine Zeta-Jones where they were cooks. They were chefs. Came out about six, eight months ago. It was like, he's a chef and she's a chef and it's a recipe for love. And it's like they were competing chefs in the same kitchen in Manhattan. Uh, sort of like it's like Anthony Bourdain with boobs or something. Um, but the thing about Aaron Eckhart that you got to give it up to him that he was able to overcome being typecast after he did this movie in the Company of Men, which came out in about 1997. In the Company of Men, and I'm not spoiling anything here because this is all set up like in the first ten minutes of the film. It is it's one of the most brutal films I have ever seen in my life. No profanity, no sex, no violence of any kind. I mean, there's really nothing in the film that is objectionable in the sort of strict sense of the words. But it's one of the most brutal films I've ever seen, and it's about two really angry, embittered sort of white-collar guys who have both been dumped by their respective girlfriends or wives. They've both been broken up with by women. 
And so they, this is the whole plot of the film. So these two, like, really angry uh, white-collar guys, they hatch this scheme to find the most vulnerable girl they possibly can, in this case a deaf girl, and to both seduce her and date her. And then dump her on the same day to you see if she'll to see if she'll kill herself. Yeah, you said that. I'd never want to see that. Yeah, that's their whole scam. It's like we'll find a deaf girl who nobody has ever paid attention to, you know, and we'll make her fall in love with us, and then we'll dump her to see if she kills herself. And as Aaron Eckhart's character says in In the Company of Men, he says, "I bet she'll be." What does he say? He goes, "And then we'll both dump her. I bet she'll be reaching for the sleeping pills with half an in half an hour." I mean, it's like he is the most vile unbelievably black-hearted person you have ever seen in your entire life in that film. Oh, I'm really glad that I didn't have that to go on. And, well, so much so that when I saw in The Company of Men, I thought he'll never be able to do anything else. Like, this is going to be what he's typecast as forever because it's such an indelible um, role. Uh, it's not a perfect film, but it's a film that's really worth watching because it's just like the meanest, most horrible, darkest film I mean, at that, I remember when I saw it, it was like somebody had just taken my soul and just sandpapered it away into nothing. Um, I had a female friend of mine, my friend Barb, uh, years ago, who I had told about that movie in the company. And, man, I'm like, it's really dark. Like, you don't want to watch it. And, of course, all that did was, you know, make her want to watch it. She watched it, and she actually threw up after seeing it. Oh. Uh, she's like, and, again, there's no violence. There's no sex. There's no profanity. There's nothing. I mean, it really could be like a, a G-rated film in almost every other way. She goes home and she and she called me and she's like, why did you tell me to watch this? And I said, I didn't tell you to watch it. I told you not to watch it. Mm. She's like, you know, I finished in the company of men and I went to the bathroom and threw up. Thanks a lot. So Is it kind of the same feeling after you're done watching like Requiem for a Dream? Same thing. Different kind of film, but the same feeling. So if you ever want to see Aaron Eckhart pull off like the villain role of a lifetime, you watch in the company of men. I mean, it'll... I could see it in him. Yeah. So in any event, but he's but the, the advanced word on on uh, the the Dark Knight has been so strongly about Heath Ledger, but people are just raving about Aaron Eckhart too. That I guess he's just he's just fantastic. Hi Tim, how you feeling over there? I'm feeling fine so far. Are you? Yep. On a scale of one to ten, you saying you feel like it, you're still at a ten? It is thirty minutes after. Well, I, I mean, as good as one might feel after not eating for several hours. Now, do, do you, let me ask you this: Do you suppose uh, that the explosive evacuation they're talking about? Is that kind of a the switch goes on kind of a thing, or do you suppose you can feel the storm clouds on the horizon? I hope I can feel the storm clouds on the horizon. <laughs> Would you like a bucket? I do have a bucket. <laughs> do you have a bucket? I do have a bucket. Do you have a bucket? That's. I didn't realize that. You well, have a plastic-lined bucket well, I wasn't right sure which end that may come out. If it comes out of uh, one end, uh, I have something handy here. If it comes out of the other end, you're... I better run. <laughs> I probably strangled myself in my headphones. Oh, that even makes my stomach feel a little off. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break. So American Airlines is cutting 200 pilot jobs as it sheds 8% of its workforce to cope with higher-end fuel. Perhaps some of these plans will be put on automatic pilot. If they could get away with it, I'm sure they would. Then U.S. Airway pilots are speaking out about concerns that they've been pressured to reduce fuel loads by more than what they feel is safe. So I don't know what that means. I guess they wanted to cruise in the air a little bit. Uh, soaring jet fuel prices of all airlines busy trying to find ways to cut the weight of each plane. To suggest that the airlines are working to save dollars uh, resulting from the high cost of fuel, I don't think there's any question. But I also know uh, that they're never going to compromise safety uh, to do that. Wait, what? I don't understand what they're talking about. Here. So they want to save on fuel. Uh, the heavier the aircraft, the more fuel it'll burn. Well, obviously, they, they don't know the weight of the American uh, traveler these days. U.S. Airways <laughs> mandates 60 to 90 minutes more fuel than needed for a plane to be loaded. Eight senior pilots 
have filed a complaint saying they asked for an extra 10 to 15 minutes worth of fuel. So apparently they want to cut down the amount of fuel. Oh, the amount of reserve fuel. Oh, that Which like is a great scary. idea. Oh, what could possibly no. go wrong, hey, Otis Redding? Why don't we send the airplanes to Mexico for maintenance, too? That'll save some money. <laughs> I mean, seriously, guys. <laughs> why don't we just make the airplanes out of sponge? Uh, uh, sponge could take somebody's finger off. Wow. Well, that's, you know, because then you just have all those bad Leonard Skinner thoughts going through your head every time you get into an airplane. Don't worry, as long as we land within five minutes of our scheduled arrival time, everything will be fine. Other than that, the pavement goes red. Yes. All right. Uh, let's do these calls, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, good afternoon. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you had anybody around the studio that would be willing to do this, but in honor of the whole Batman playing for overnight, who can go to the theater and sit through 24 straight hours of Batman? Well, wow. you know, there's, there's probably some guy already doing I would imagine that there's some some geek guy who's planning a Batman marathon. Well, Aaron's going to see it today, and then I know he's going to... He already bought his tickets for thir- uh, for Saturday. Excellent. Good for you, Aaron. All <laughs> right. No, I would not be surprised if that happened, sir. But here's the thing. you got to... In between each showings, you have to dodge the people that come in to clean the theater. You have to sneak into another one. Well, I don't really know that you have to sneak... Well, I'm, I think if we were to suggest that somebody do that, we would, of course, encourage them to buy tickets, as we encourage the uh, following of all laws, sir. Oh, well, yeah, I guess you can do that. <laughs> well, I guess you could. If that's how you want to live your life. All right, thank you. Uh, Rick, due to the dark night, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. My company's already out at least 12 man hours due to the dark night. Me and eight other people in my 40-person office have scheduled time to come in at work noon tomorrow so we can get some sleep. Uh, so, says so I'm surprised they didn't stop people from doing it. So this person says at their office, there's already eight people, uh, who have scheduled half days tomorrow because of the dark night. All right. Um, oh, he was in Nurse Betty, too, Aaron Eckhart. Okay. Um, great actor. Uh, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, um, I was just coming down 84 to go to You're coming down, I- coming down what, sir? I-84. You mean the I-84? The I-84. Yes, sir. Gonna make it a left turn and go on north on uh, the VI5. Uh-huh. And there's a whole bunch of things flying in the air. And I look over to my uh, uh, radio antenna. There's a $20 bill wrapped around it. <sighs> so I slow down, pull off to the side of the road. $20 bill happens to fall down. So I went outside my truck. I picked it up, and there's some tens and some other twenties flying around. A couple of cars are stopping. People are getting out and Wait. getting the cash. Where is this happening? Exactly. Right at milepost number one. Also, right on, the uh, I-5 interchange right there? Just before you get to the I-5 interchange on 84, yeah. So there's money blowing around at the mile, milepost one right there at the I-5 interchange. Correct. That is fantastic. You, are, you, are you serious? I'm serious. I got about $100 in my, in my front seat right now. Oh, oh you bastard. <laughs> How many cars were stopped, sir? I, I saw three people out of cars from the passenger side because drivers were still in their cars. God, Americans That's are... going to end just poorly. a traffic jam there. Seriously, God, Americans, no offense, sir. God, Americans are weird. You could I be just, risking $50,000 in hospital bills. There's a 10! Pull over! <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't have stopped except there's a 20 on my radio antenna. <laughs> and I knew if I slowed down, I'm, I'm going to lose it, so I had to get off to the side of the road. <laughs> of course you did, sir. <laughs> so, are you... Let me ask you this. Are you on? Are you? Uh, are you on the job right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on the job. Theoretically, <laughs> what what kind of work do you do? 
I'm, in, I'm self-employed. I'm construction. So this is like so you this could, is very nice. So it's like an unexpected bonus. So you could stay out there all day just sort of collecting random money that's blowing around, and nobody's going to be the wiser. Pennies from heaven. Pretty much. Pretty all much. Right. So this now, uh, are you still at that same area, or have you left? No, I actually left. Uh, there was too many people starting to back up uh, back up there. I thought, was, I better get out of here. That was going to be my next question is, how much money did you see blowing around? You know, honestly, all of a sudden there was just paper flying everywhere. And my first thought was, that can't be money because you couldn't see it because you're going 45 miles an hour. And when I saw the 20 on, this, on the radio antenna flapping in the breeze, teasing me, saying, come and get me, I thought, I... I can't believe it. That's money. The day it rained money. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thank you for the update, my friend. Congratulations on your ill-gotten gains. Thank you, sir. Stick it to the man. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Now, yesterday on the I-84 of the Dells, uh, uh, an 18-wheeler with shoes overturned and people getting out of their cars to steal all the shoes that spilled. Of, what kind of, of shoes? Of course they, they were. I don't know what kind of shoes. Sarah, what kind of shoes? <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing, buddy? What, what's up? Hey, I was listening to the recap this morning, and you put a bit for some Christian radio station where he put some drunk chick on doing the traffic, and I could have swore he said her name was Chrissy Snow. Wasn't that uh, Suzanne Summers' character's name on Free Company? Uh, and of course, Suzanne Summers' character was Chrissy Snow with no T. Chrissy Snow. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't hear the T then. Okay. Although I guess they could have called her Christy because if you remember on Three's Company, her full name was, in fact, Christmas Snow. So, yeah, but she was Chrissy. This was Christy Snow at KSFI in Salt Lake. But, uh, but uh, good, uh, but good observation, sir. Thank you, my friend. Don't forget, there's free money blowing around at mile marker one on the I-5. Just everybody so you know. jump out of their car and get up. That's Tim Riley who said that. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's high on medication. How are your bowels feeling, Tim? Oh, they're fine, thank you. Really? Okay. So it has been 37 minutes. Mm -hmm. And with nothing else in your stomach, that would permeate your you know, your insides a lot. That's quicker. the thing is I would think that medication would be taking effect sooner rather than later because there's no food to buy. I think it. it's going to be sooner rather than later. Well, I don't even know. What, what is the sound happening at the end of this? Do you hear like at the end of this like a... Mm. Yeah. Right there. I think that's a goose. I don't know. You know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Let's, Let's take a break. Back after this. It is the Rick Emerson radio program, now less than 12 hours away from the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight, happening at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Putting together our uh, ad hoc top five here. Top five night songs uh, because of, you know, the thing. Let me write this down. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. You know, today is a uh, momentous occasion for the Hollywood Theater. It is celebrating its 82nd birthday tonight. The Hollywood Theater here in Portland, Oregon? Mm -hmm. The in, one that we stood in front of? In front of which we had the best picture of our lives taken yes. by Vanished Twin. And opened uh, 82 years ago in 1926. Excellent. So they're having a uh, celebration from uh, 7 to... Uh, well, I guess Batman time, which includes uh, live performances and things. And then I think there's, an, I think there's some other, uh, I think they're doing some other uh, kind of a grindhouse thing this weekend. Maybe it's just a single film, or maybe like I think it's a samurai film or something or other. 
Uh, Peacock showed up at a woman's southeast Portland home yesterday, ate all her bird food, and then left without saying thank you. Annette Levy said the Peacock showed up near 58th Avenue and Southwest Hawthorne. After eating the bird food, the Peacock just took off rudely, but it returned to the home yesterday just in time to munch on her cat food while well, the Peacock stuck around most of the day, leading her to call in some professionals for help. However, local organizations say they just can't take a Peacock away. Uh, she likes the peacock, but it's not sure how to take care of it. They want to find uh, someone who needs who would actually love a peacock. The exotic uh, bird uh, slunk along long enough for photographers to uh, show up and take its picture. So peacocks may show up and eat your cat food and your bird food. That's a water skiing squirrel. Without even a word of thanks. Right. The survival of the United States is at risk, and the future of human civilization is at stake, so says Al Gore. Our families can't stand 10 more years of gasoline price increases. Our workers can't stand 10 more years of job losses and outsourcing of factories. Our economy can't stand 10 more years of sending $2 billion every 24 hours to foreign countries for oil. Yes, he says carbon-based fuel use is hurting the good old USA. Our dangerous over-reliance on carbon-based fuels is at the core of all three of these challenges, the economic, environmental, and national security crises. He's really the life of the party, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he is just the guy that you don't ever want coming around because he just looks at you and wags a finger and makes you feel bad about everything you're doing. You know what I mean? He's the guy who just, when you're when you're sitting there and you're, uh, I don't know, when you, you're, you're, you're eating something or whatever, you know, that's not very good for you. You know, that's full of trans fat. You're going to get off my back. I'm enjoying this. Al Gore is the guy who's there to make sure that you don't enjoy anything that you might have previously had fun doing. I mean, I know he's concerned about people or something or other, but I just but he really is the guy who's just the, he's the chief of the no fun club, that guy. Um, also, can I just tell you this, and I'm not asking for an explanation, I don't know what a carbon footprint is. And you know another thing? No one does. Oh, you're going to watch that Al Gore movie. Uh, but, I mean, do you know, if I asked you to explain to me, Tim, uh, you know, uh, what a carbon footprint means exactly. Would you be able to do it? Maybe with a little practice. See, but <laughs> if you sort of rehearsed it, if you're able to watch it and sort of memorize some of his talking points. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm just, I saw a bus the other day. I don't even remember who it was. The bus drove by and there was some bus board on the side, an advertisement. And it said, blah, 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 this website to reduce your carbon footprint. And then I thought, you know, I don't even know what that means, and I would bet 98% of the people who see that advertisement don't know what it means. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying I don't think anybody who sees that ad knows what it means to reduce your carbon footprint, just like no one knows what a trans fat is. Doesn't it mean, um, like, to reduce the impact that you have on the environment? But what does that have to do with carbon? Where does carbon come from? Like a this? carbon copy. I, I just thought it was like, kind of like a carbon copy, how that always is like... What you leave behind. I don't know. I'm, I could be making yeah, that. See, but that's I, I think that's true. Because that's what I thought, because it's like reduce yeah. how much you impact the environment to which you live in. See, she's a learned woman. Wait, but it, so it has nothing to do with actual carbon? No, no, no. This is just, I don't know, that's just always what I've thought, like reducing like how much, you know, water you use, how much energy you, you consume. Well, see, that's just as plausible. And again, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be obnoxious about it. I really, it doesn't, I mean, r reduce your footprint, don't reduce it. I'm just saying it's it's... Like trans fats, or as, as Tim Savage once noted, it's like that thing where nobody can figure out if eggs are good for you or not. About every 10 years, they revise. When I was a kid, you were supposed to eat eggs. Then you weren't supposed to eat eggs. I think you're supposed to eat eggs again now. I just don't really know. Just like I don't know what it means to have a carbon footprint. I thought it had something to do 
with the actual chemical carbon no. and how too much carbon was bad for the ozone layer. Well, you say that dismissively. You don't know. <laughs> You're making that up. I think carbon is also what they froze Han Solo in before they took him away to Boba Fett. So I mean, or to uh, to uh, Jabba the Hutt. So Maybe you know, that's not to do with carbon. Maybe that's to do with like carbon dioxide. See, that's it. that is just as we be be it as it may. This is getting boring. <laughs> I think somebody's getting a little rumbly in the tumbly. I was going to say, Tim, from where might that attitude be coming? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's starting no, to crack. No, please continue to speak. No, but and see, and look, I, and, no offense, but we say don't call about it. And, of course, you know that's exactly what all these phone calls are about now. People, let me tell you about carbon footprints. Let me explain the... Here's Tim Riley. The thing about this sound effect is it's like something is splashing in the water and it... Where did you even find that? Online on the on the, uh, the Endertron. It it's, sounds like some otherworldly creature drowning. Doesn't it sound like... To me, it sounds like there's something floating in the water and at the end of the clip, it hits the guy in the head. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland, a proud, and I do mean a proud part of the CBS Very proud. family. They love they love us like they like they love no man. All right. Here's Tim. We have just learned that somebody has put a Batman in the Heath Ledger movie. And uh, it is played by Christian Bale. It was much more comfortable. It was heavier, but it was actually much more comfortable. Uh, there's like 110 parts to this one. There were three to the original. I can move my head. It was more mobile. But for the KC fighting method that we use as the martial art, the suit actually was compatible with that, whereas in the first one I was having a fight against the suit. What accent is that? Is he from Wales? I don't know. He could not possibly get hotter. I've never heard him talk in an accent and that's it. My my head is going to... Do you to find it. the accent sexy? Are you kidding? I, yeah. I don't really know. I See, I think I'm like... I don't know that... I think the accent is more a thing for women than for guys. I don't know that a lot of guys... Guys, I guess, find British accents maybe a little sexy, but I think he's from Wales. That sounds like a Welsh accent mm. to me. Uh, I, I think accents my... are, are sexy until, like, the person's been drinking a little bit and you can't understand it. Alan, you fancy a root? Well, no, God, it, when I lived in London, it was difficult because as soon as that someone had a couple of beers, they'd be like, I just, really, and it starts slurring <laughs> together, and I'm trying to pretend like I know what they're saying. You don't I'm want to be an idea. ugly American. You speak slower. Talk like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, do you find so you find uh, a Christian Bale to be attractive? Like... I find Christian Bale attractive, period. Have you seen... And just knowing that that voice is coming out of that face. Have you and I like... talked about that movie, The Prestige? Yeah, yeah, because I made you watch it. Yeah, boy, that's the best movie. You know, that is a really this, good movie. all of this Batman talk makes me want to watch The Prestige again, by the way. Which, can I tell you this? Uh, just as Peter Travers from Rolling Stone said you would want to do, uh, The Prestige with, with Christian Bale will also buy, um, also buy, what's his name, Christopher Nolan. Um, I, I actually watched The Prestige, and then I uh, put it back to the beginning, and I watched it all the way through again. I watched it twice back to back, which I almost never do with anything. I watched uh, three Christian Bale movies in a row. I watched Batman Begins, then I watched The Machinist. The Machinist is a messed up Man, film. That that's is a, so screwed up. That is not right. That's a film that's from some other world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then The Prestige. Are you unnerved by how much he looks like Mike Chase? I don't... You Are know, you Mike kidding is... me? Do you not see that? No, I mean, and honestly, I can't even remember the last time I saw Mike Chase's face. Well, look you at know? Christian Bale. in a car commercial. Is that true? Yeah, he's on some car commercial working on a computer. Mike Chase is, is a handsome in... man, though. Is it where he's in his bathrobe with his cup of coffee and he sort yes. of smiles happily yeah. like, why, this was very easy, Nick. Uh, especially in The Prestige. Watch The Prestige. And look at uh, Christian Bale when he is in The Prestige. And I swear to God, there are moments where it's like he is Mike Chase's doppelganger. I mean, it's it's really... I mean, maybe you don't see it, but to me, I have seen Christian Bale in dozens of sequences in films where I look at him and I'm like, God damn, it's Mike Chase. So, which is, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a good thing for Mike Chase, I suppose. So I don't see it. I'm looking at a picture of Mike Chase right now. No? All right. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just... You know, because I don't like, like I've hung out with Mike Chase a lot recently, so maybe that's just... Maybe I'm just hallucinating that in my head. 
So, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Christian Braille is asked how the physical demands of the That's Dark Knight compared pale, to the first movie he was in. Physically less demanding because I was coming not I was not coming from such a place of weakness as I was before the first one, and also just having more experience with the fighting styles. So I was able to do all of the fighting sequences myself, and easier because of the bat suit. Um, I could breathe. You know that helps a great deal when you're doing stunts. Well, okay then. Fine with me. The nominations for the 60th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards came out today. <laughs> Here we have Christian Chenoweth announcing the nominee for Outstanding Dramatic Series. Christian Chenoweth. Boston Legal, Damages, Dexter, yes. House, Lost, and yeah. Mad Men. Wait, let's back up for a second. Christian Chenoweth, I thought she was what's-her-name on Six Feet Under. I thought she was the nutty girl who cuts herself. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't want you. Isn't Kristen Chenoweth, wasn't she on Six Feet Under? Is she the annoying girlfriend? Is she Nate's girlfriend? Well, which which, which annoying girlfriend? Brenda, Deborah. Who's the girl that, the, with the creepy incest brother? Incest brother. You know, what's her name? The the girl that he humps in the in the bathroom and they meet and yeah, she's that's, with him for yeah, like a person. Yeah, that's... Not Lily Kristen. Taylor. That's not her, though. I'm looking at pictures of Kristen. Who's Kristen? Who is Kristen? It's this not... girl. I don't even know who that is. She looks like a... Oh, she is not on Six Feet Under. Now, she's... I think she's just some slut. I don't even know who that is. All right. Um, well, in any event. I'm sorry. Can you play that one more time, Tim? I was all obsessed with who's Christian Chenoweth. All right. I will. Here it is again. Boston Legal, Damages, Dexter, House, Lost, and Mad Men. I like the woo guy. There's one woo guy for Dexter, and all the other woo guys are allocated to Mad Men. By the way, A, who knew that Boston Legal was still on the air? And B... Boy, you know, Damages. Damages is a show with Glenn Close on FX. Does anybody here watch Damages? No, oh, first time. No, it's. I tried to watch it, but God damn, it's a terrible show. And I gave it, I really, I gave it like six, I gave it a month and a half. I watched six weeks of that show, and I desperately tried to like it. I really did that. Boy, it's just, in, in my assessment, Damages is just wholly terrible. And when it's got, what's his name? Um, Tobin, what's his guts? Who's that guy from Love Potion Number Nine that was with Sandra Bullock for the longest time? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, Tate. Um, Tate. Tate Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. It's got Tate Donovan, who I like. I really do like him. I'm glad to see him getting steady work because it's like he because for, there was like this brief moment where he was the star and Sandra Bullock was just his girlfriend, and of course she did Speed and got famous and I think immediately dumped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and then he just and he did nothing. So I'm he glad was on the OC for a while there too. Well, good for him. See, I'm glad to see he's got work. I love Glenn Close. I found her kind of strangely hot. Terrible program. It's an awful program. So, but it's good to see Dexter getting the nod, and then uh, good for Mad Men as well. Especially four of the six nominees were stars of uh, Mad Men. Excellent. Who all got nominated? Who who were the actors that got nominated there? Uh, let's see, I don't have, I don't have the names in front of me. Well, they did. Okay. Well, we'll talk to Roop about it here in a while too. He's got some more news on that. Excellent. Uh, then we have the story about the uh, Melbourne, Florida teen wearing underwear on his head to conceal his face during an armed robbery. He was arrested early this morning. <laughs> Allegedly robbed the 7-Eleven. He was wearing gray underwear on his head, which partially concealed his face. He threatened the 7-Eleven clerk with a knife and demanded money from the cash register. The clerk gave him an undisclosed amount of cash. He then took off on his bicycle. Uh, then the cashier, uh, oh, apparently this guy was followed by a witness who then called police. A parameter was set up. They spotted a bicycle abandoned by the shore of a canal. And uh, they found him. He's wearing car. gray underwear on his head. Not a stocking. No. Not, you know, like nylons or whatever. Actual just gray underwear. And can I just, and you, and gray underwear, you know, the, I mean. Let's I hope they mind. started off gray. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, 
Well, whatever. They're very tasteful. One with a wide variety of colors. Well, I suppose, but not in your head, Tim. No, maybe not. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program, sir. Adams, the case may be. Hey, Rick. Um, I was uh, listening to you talk about the carbon footprint, and I think uh, it's pretty simple. I think that you know how people are carbon-based life forms? Yes. And I think dinosaurs were, too. So when you burn the fossil fuels, you unleash all that carbon that was previously locked up in the ground, and you emit it into the atmosphere. So when you're reducing your carbon footprint, you're reducing how much carbon goes into the atmosphere. I think it's as simple as that. Now, I got an email from somebody who said, it's another one of those... This is not directed at you, so I'm just saying it, John. It's another one of those stupid things where it, it, no one can, we, no one, we can't all just figure out what it means. I got another email that said, definitively, it said it's about how much carbon dioxide you expel into the air, period. And so this yeah. sounds like it's maybe related, but not the same thing. See, this is why, this is why nothing ever changes or nothing ever gets any better, because they can't, they, they can't even explain the problem to people, much less get us to care about it. So I think the yeah. first step to fixing something is knowing what the F we're supposed to fix. And that I think that true. no one knows the problem here. So, all right. Thank you, my friend. Oh, you're welcome, Rick. Bye. Right, thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. That sounder you're playing for Tim's impending doom there. Yes. Sounds like it comes from the Star Wars garbage pit. Oh, I can see that. Right before the, you know, the little thing pops up and, and then, it, uh, then it pulls Luke under. Yep. Maybe. I, I can. It's almost certainly not, uh, though, because it, A, I think that little sound at the end of the guy being hit in the head with the, I don't think, that doesn't sound like anything that would be coming out of that Star Wars scene. But other than that, it does sound like the creature, though. I could, I could see that. It would. If it were not for that little sound effect at the end, I might almost think that it was from Star Wars. Good spotting, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Listen to the Vatu, the dying. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick. Oh. Hey. This is for Sarah. The one movie that I've seen with Christian Bale that you guys have yet to talk about, and it has him as uh, the villain, and he's having sex with uh, hookers and killing people, is American Psycho. Oh, yeah, American Psycho. I have never seen American Psycho. And he's uh, everything but full frontal nudity in it also. Yeah. But isn't it like him all, like, killing and yeah. bloody and crazy? I, yeah. I was just shaking my head at that, and I, I should take maybe... I, I have such I have such tangled I don't even have tangled feelings about I just I just um, ugh, yeah don't even get me started don't even get me started sir you don't want to know um it, I will say this here's my thing about American Psycho American what a, what a weird saga that whole book slash movie is do you know the whole story with American Psycho no no please enlighten us here's the thing you read less than zero right fifty nine minutes Tim yes I have uh and you like less seen than the zero movie. yeah the movie the movie is crap the movie was crap uh, I, I like the book American Psycho was the book that Brett Ethan Ellis wrote as a follow up to less than zero and I think uh, he was still taking methamphetamine when he wrote it but um but he wrote this book American Psycho and depending on how you think he either wrote the book as a really edgy horribly violent satirical indictment of america's consumer culture or he couldn't come up with another idea for a book and so he decided to write something that was just so vile that it would get banned and he would get paid without it actually ever having to be published mm. and so what happened is he submits american psycho to the publisher and if i recall the story correctly the publisher actually refused to even put it out because it was just so so violent and so awful uh, and so I think eventually it got put out by some other smaller publishing house, by which point it had already become infamous because his publisher wouldn't release it because it was too extreme. And it got put out by some smaller publishing house. And so it was like instant notoriety, like banning a record or something. 
Um, and so the book has this sort of devoted cult following to it because, again, it was not banned, but his his book publishing company refused to put it out and blah, 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 blah. And then it was made into a movie, and, of course, the whole thing about the book is he's a serial killer who just kills women in these really horrific, awful fashions. Um, and it was made into a movie written by, directed by, and produced by women, which was sort of the gimmick of the American Psycho movie. Because it was such a notorious book about this guy who tortures women. And so the gimmick for the movie was, but, hey, the book is being turned into a movie made all by women. And I will say this. I don't like the book. I don't really like the movie, but he is really good in it. I'll give you that. His performance in American Psycho is really good. The movie itself is just sort of pointless to me, but he is really good. So I'll meet you halfway on that, sir. Yeah, I agree. There's a great but, sequence where he kills somebody while talking about Huey Lewis on the news. Yes, yes, it is great. All right. Oh, and Rick, one more thing. Yes. Oh, damn you! Mm-hmm. Damn you all to hell! It's worth Crazy. seeing probably if you don't have to pay for it, like if you can just... Like, watch it at somebody's house or something. It's probably worth seeing just for Christian Bale's performance. Uh, the movie itself is, is not all that good. And the book, the book is pointless. The book, mm-hmm. doesn't, the book doesn't even work as shock value. Uh, the book is just awful. It's just it's, it's like a waste of yours and everybody's time. Okay. So, uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Kids come up the darndest things. Uh, several robbers, uh, believed to be behind a rash of video game store robberies, are cloaking their actions with white cloud blasts from a fire extinguisher. Uh, apparently, uh, vandals tumbled their way through a, a wall of a game shop in Florida. The crime was the third robbery in the game shop store where the thieves broke into a neighboring business and then cut through the wall. Where in Florida? That was all me. The video all shows me. the latest crime. A man is, uh, wandering around the room while the other blasts the area with fire extinguisher. The extinguisher is apparently targeted at one of the cameras. The midst of the air on video masks their identity as they steal from the store. These kids have stolen several Xbox 360s, a PlayStation 3, and some video game consoles. A Russian mogul has paid Donald Trump $95 million for a mansion in Palm Beach, Florida. Where, Tim? Palm Beach. Oh, that was all me. me. All me. So he closed down the sale of his uh, Palm Beach mansion to a Russian billionaire for the blockbuster price of $95 million. I love breaking records said Trump, and this is a record. It's believed to be the most expensive single-family home ever sold in the U.S. At the same time, I believe the buyer made a fantastic deal, and time will prove me right. Uh, this is purchased by uh, Russian fertilizer billionaire Dmitry Rubinov. Uh, Trump called the deal a $100 million sale, but the deal lists the price as $95 million. You know, I think Tom Like has had a really good point about Donald Trump, which is that you know, for a guy who gives business advice to everybody, doesn't, doesn't Donald Trump always having to sell things off or file bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. Like, all, his businesses are always failing. Every, I mean, except for his television show, which I think also failed. Every time Donald Trump is in the news, it's because something has gone bad for him and he's having to, like, unload it all at a fire sale. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, here's why I got confused about Kristen Chenoweth. On Six Feet Under, Rachel Griffith played Brenda Chenoweth. That's why I was thinking... Her oh, last okay. name was Chenoweth, or Brenda and Billy Chenoweth. Brenda. All right. Oh, I hate that actress. Really? 
Oh, I, that's why I stopped watching that show. Really? See, I hated the I daughter. I like her so much. The daughter was the reason I quit watching. Oh, she was pretty annoying, too. Yeah. Actually, that's why I stopped watching it, period, because every character slowly became annoying. Yeah, they all just became... It, 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 it was just, Except for um, Michael C. Hall. Yeah, I mean, he was still good, but even that... And was, he was actually kind of annoying. You no, know, because everybody was just like, how dysfunctional and navel-gazing can we possibly make this, this, you know, this family? Seriously, it turned into such a, like, a pushover when he was dating that, that dude, and it was just bad. Black sex cop. Yeah, I stopped watching it. I just, I'm like, I'm I'm out. I don't care yeah. if I never know how it ends. That's, that's See, there you go. Well, that's what Six Feet Under is great because, you know, you really only need to watch the first two seasons and then you can skip to the last episode. The last episode, which, by the way, is genius. The last episode is one of the best seasons. Will I be able to figure out all that happened just from the last episode? Yeah. No, you really will. I mean, and really, I can tell you this. I have seen the first two seasons and oh, that's it. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll actually save you the trouble. You can actually, uh, you could probably go to YouTube. And you can watch the last, like, ten minutes of the final episode, and it'll be weird. That's all you need to see, and I'm not kidding. Anybody who's seen that knows. I will give it to this. That as much as that show went into the toilet, the clo- the ending of the series, I mean, the actual end, the final scene, is among the best that's ever been filmed. Maybe the top five television endings of all time. Oh, and the mother. I'm just thinking about how annoying all of them progressively I know, well, because they all just became a bunch of, just a bunch of self-indulgent, pampered white people whining about everything. You know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. just, just shut up. Uh, I mean, it would you... It, oh, the, the thing, mother with her constant yelling and, like, sleeping with the... And I don't the know, Greek Arthur. Kids. I just don't know where I mean, this relationship is going. Her expression would never change. Well, oh, I, no. It became... The thing about Six Feet Under is it became everything that I hated about the movie American Beauty, which is where, you know, like, I remember I remember watching American Beauty and sitting there, and then we'll get back to the... I'm sorry, get back to the news in just one moment, because I know the clock Tim, is ticking, and how long we'll have news. It's been an yeah. hour and five minutes. How are you feeling? My my stomach's a little rumbly, but other than that, uh, nothing much is happening. Uh oh, rumbly like, like working working its way down. You mean uh, rumbly like Joe versus the volcano rumbly? Perhaps so. I remember watching uh, American Beauty though, and I think the second time because I really wanted to like it. And there's any number of things I don't like about that film. But I remember one of them is where Kevin Spacey is sitting there, and I think it's when he's having some screaming fight with Annette Benning at the table or whatever, or he's, or he like quits his, or he, you know, he's, he blackmails his boss or something, and he gets, and he's clearly so unhappy. And I remember sitting there going, okay, well, the film, the film, the, you know, the screenwriters of this movie, because they're lazy, have just given your character like, you know, $200,000 or whatever. Because, you know, there's that whole thing in American Beauty where he somehow, he does something or whatever to the boss, and they give him the huge severance, which lets him go work at Wacky Burger or something. And I remember thinking to myself, if the whole premise of the movie is that you're just trapped in this stupid, stifling marriage, you know, you could just leave. You know, you just got like 200 grand from your boss in the last scene. Why don't you just move out? But, of course, they couldn't do that because if they had him move out, then, then there's no movie. So they have to just illogically give him all of this money, make him independently wealthy, and then have him just stay in the house for no readily apparent reason, like, you know, for the rest of the movie. Mm. You know, see also the drug dealing kid. The drug dealing kid who, as they resolve in this really just lame deus ex machina at the end, where it's like the drug dealing kid has got 80 grand or something in his sock drawer. And yet for reasons unknown to anybody, he just stays in the house and lets the dad whack him with a belt every night. You know what I mean? He's an adult. He's got 80 grand. He just stays there. Why? Because it's convenient for the filmmakers. It's just Mm. bad filmmaking. Yeah. And that's what Six Feet Under became. It was just a big family sitting around in a circle and having one big encounter session over and over again. 
So. And they're all, plus, like, all, like, I cannot name one relationship, at least in the first two seasons that I watched, that was healthy at all. It's just always dysfunctional and right. always annoying. Right. And it was never a positive thing. And Everyone was with people that they shouldn't have been with. And, and that was the other thing. Is It was like watching, you know what it is? Here's the thing about Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under was like that friend we all have who dates the wrong guy over and over and over and over and over and over. And you have to sit there and hear them just go on and on. And then he never calls me. And then when he comes over, it's like sometimes he's just drunk and he passes out. And then he borrowed money from me. And then he got really drunk, and he called my mom the other day, and then he wrecked my car, and he showed up at my office the other day, too, and he yelled at my boss, and you're like, well, you could just leave him. Well, he's really good. You don't see him like I see him, though. You don't, you're not around when he's, re I mean, he's really, really nice to me sometimes, and I just, you know, I have a hard time meeting guys, and you're just sitting there going, will you just shut up? And that's what Six Feet Under was like, a whole family of people dating that guy over and over again. So, I'm pitching about a show that's been off the air for a year and a half. I'm sorry. Here's Tim Riley. Christ. Time for a penis watch. And the penis watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. The judge said the man who dressed up as a penis must apologize. Dateline Sarasota Springs, so I guess this is Florida. A 19-year-old man must make an apology to the city of Saratoga Springs for dressing up as an inflatable six-foot penis and then providing her on the stage at a high school graduation last month. <laughs> okay, that's pretty great. Calvin Moret. He really also, was an enormous penis. He was. Uh, he must also pay to have the letter published in the Sarasota newspaper as part of the circuit court sentence. They cost him to pay $95 in court fees and perform 24 hours of community service not dressed as a penis. He has previously pled guilty to disorderly conduct. The sentence draws the curtain on Moret's case. His appearance at the June 26th graduation of Saratoga Performing Arts. Well, that should be acceptable there. Caused a stir. Like, really, seriously. And a video of the incident was later put on the YouTube. I wonder if it's still there. He purchased the full-body penis costume and uh, sprayed some of the 5,000 people in the crowd with silly string. Wow. He graduated last year. <laughs> and... The best thing about that story is how they give his home address, right? Mm -hmm. no, they say, the man who lives it. Why do they do that in news stories? I, I, I guess I it know. depends on the town. I mean, why do newspapers publish the home addresses of people who have, you know, it's when they get some sex offender, you know, whatever, some, some, some nutcase with a hacksaw. You don't want to go over there. But, I mean, where they just, you know, here's a guy dressed up as a penis. Here's his home address. What possible journalistic purpose does that serve? But, you know, they used to do that. I was looking at some old newspapers from the 70s, and... And uh, they showed a family playing outside and their kids in the pool, and they listed the address of where uh, this family lived. I don't think they do that anymore, but they, I remember they did that in the 70s. It seems grossly irresponsible to yeah, me. It yeah, I mean, it always has, but you're right. It's a thing that it was just, you know, just, I, think, I think that's a thing that news organizations, I think that, you know, news organizations, here's the thing about newspapers. Would you agree, Tim, that for a long time, newspapers really viewed themselves as being the absolute arbiters of what was important and what wasn't? Yes. And I mean, it was just, I mean, the only game at top. that's the thing. And as much as, you know, look, it's not like suddenly everything is better, you know, with every mouth breather who can pound out a blog or something every day. But, but there is something to be said for the fact that just so much of that, like, pretentious insular smugness that the newspaper industry had for so long uh, about, like, deciding what was important and what was not. And it's all the news that's fit to print or whatever. There was newspapers really in a long, in, in, a, in, a, in a real sense have had this coming for a long time. The fact that their industry is just being so devastated. And it's because newspapers, like many other um, 
factions of the mainstream media have just grown increasingly stagnant and out of touch with their audience. So they kind of, you know, they get what they get. Uh, and there's your penis watch. And Take bing. a look at my Did you get this hate-filled email about American Psycho? From Siegfried? No, from Ed. No. No, I, I got a good one from Siegfried who loves that movie. Um, Siegfried who knows more about movies than anybody I've ever met. He says, uh, Christian Bale is from South Africa. His accent is muddled. Um, he does some things. Let's see. He's based in Wales, but his... Fa- okay, but he's... So he's from South Africa. Based in Wales, but family still lives in Africa. Um, his dad married Gloria Swanson. Really? Uh, Christian Bale, he says, Christian Bale is not a villain in American Psycho. He's the hero if you watch it as a comedy. Which, if you know Siegfried, is the sort of thing that really only Siegfried would say. Well, it's been the um, I can't believe you don't like American Psycho. I hate you. That movie is fun. You're a dick. Go to hell. I mean, it's some people like, love to hate. Like, why is it? Like, how is it fun? Like, murdering the girls. I it's. Mean, I mean, it's. Is it like supposed to be kind of kitschy? Here's the thing: is that they took American Psycho, which, and I can't say this enough. I don't mean for this to be like a you know picketing Marilyn Manson, therefore you go see him kind of thing. American Psycho is really an awful and repellent book. I'm not going to say that I was morally offended by it. It's just vile, and it's but but not even in an interesting way. As I think Chuck Palahniuk has shown this, you can and Stephen King, you can be vile. But you can be interesting and entertaining about it, right? Uh, and American Psycho isn't that. American Psycho, in my opinion, my opinion only, the book, is when Brett Easton Ellis realized he didn't have anything to follow up uh, Less Than Zero with. And so he fell into that thing of, you know, because Less Than Zero was a good book, but it was very shocking in, in some ways, controversial, a lot of things happening that were really sort of edgy. And I think Brett Easton Ellis said, all right, okay, look, I don't have any other ideas. They've, I've already taken the advance for this book. I've already I've already spent the money the publishing company gave me. I have to come up with something. I know. I'll just write something that's just horrific, graphic, scene-by-scene, moment-by-moment descriptions of torturing women to death. That's a great idea. I'll write that. I'll give it to the company. Then they'll never publish it, and I'll still have the money. Great. Okay, let's get to work. And then he just bangs it out. And true enough, the company looked at it, and they went, well, this is crap. We're not going <laughs> to... This is garbage. We're not publishing this. And it just became like everything that is vile and sort of marginalized. There was this cult following around it. And so this group of female filmmakers, to their credit, looked at it and said, well, we think we can make it into some sort of satire. There are moments in the film where you can see that it might have been good. And he himself is really, really good because they play it as a satire. But it, it just doesn't really work for me. Now, again, your mileage may vary. You might watch it and think it's a great movie, think that it works. As, I mean, here's, and then we'll talk to Jim Roop in, in one second who has more news about Mad Men and the Emmys, Tim. Here's the sequence that, that, is, uh, that, Mad Men, that is American Psycho. There is a long scene where, uh, it's not a spoiler, this is in the trailer, I think. There's a long sequence where he is playing a Huey Lewis on the News album, and I think it's like sports or four or whatever, like the hip to be square record. And he does this long, like it's like a seven or eight minute monologue about the greatness of Huey Lewis on the news, all the while, I think, beating a guy's head into like pulp with a golf club or something. And I mean, it's just, you know, and, and so it, it's a little too self-aware for me and it's a little too, it just doesn't work. You just can't take a book that's just hideous and make it into a comedy. It just didn't, it didn't, it was a nice experiment, but for me, it did not work. Christian Bale's performance, though, is really good, which is why a lot of people like it, I think. Mm. So, that being said, he's the best thing about a bad movie. He feels about it, and he does look very good looking. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's the best thing about a bad movie, in my opinion. Uh, That could be a top five at some point. I mean, good performances and bad films. That'd be that. Let's welcome now to the Rick Everett Show. 
Nah, that was me. From Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. This is not James Roop. Who is this? It's Carl Click. Hi, Carl Click. How, are, how did you get this number? No offense. Uh, I know your secret phone number. All right. Well, hello. Hi. How What's are you? What's going on? Hey, I want to tell you why newspapers used to public ad- publish addresses and used and still do sometimes. All right. Now, now okay. Here's the, here's the thing. Um, will you do me a huge favor? Sure. Will you hang up and call the regular call-in number because we're actually waiting for a CNN person on this line and they get testy if it's busy. No problem. I'm sorry. I would I would never ever ever ask you, Carl Click, to slum it by using you know the the the, the commoner's phone number. Except that CNN will come and they will kick me in the stomach if it's uh, if it's busy. I am out of here right now. All right, I'll call us right back, sir. All right. Now I feel bad. I would never ever do that, but I uh, but you know how CNN gets if that line's busy. Mm. And see this whole time. See that's probably Jim Roop right there. I bet it is. All right. So. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. Hey, I'm sorry about that. There was a... Uh, if you tried to call in just now, one of our... Uh, I've been trying to call for the past eight minutes. Uh, I'm sorry. Man, there was my a, fingers are hurting. There was a whole... There was a whole thing. Most there was affiliates, a, I would give up. There was a little bit of a boggle there. We had somebody else calling that line at the same moment, and we had them on hold for a few minutes thinking it was you and that we would get to you, and then we picked it up and it wasn't even you. So, <laughs> all right. So, Carl Clicker... Well, I thought that's what Richie was for. Well, Richie's got his hands full sometimes he's uh, uh so carl click if you are listening to me we'll get to you in just a couple minutes um all right hey so you were there for the uh, i got two things um we got the uh, the emmy nominations yes mm-hmm. and then i got a great idea for you all right so i'll save the idea at the end uh emmy nominations uh so christian chenoweth i was wondering who that is christian chenoweth if you watch studio 60 in the sunset tr- sunset strip Hel- uh, Kristen Chenoweth was the real life, uh, she was the real life inspiration for the character of Harriet Hayes, who is the blonde Christian actress on Studio 60, and apparently she and Aaron Sorkin, uh, had like a little thing going on for a while, so, um, so let's... And she's a little cutie. She is. She's, uh, she's what my, uh, grandfather would have called a tomato. <laughs> so let's talk about nominations. Tomato. S- surprises or not today? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I was kind of surprised at the number of basic cable shows that got in, and I think maybe because people uh, over the past year, because of the writer strike, found themselves watching other things, even Academy members, because they they couldn't watch any television, regular television. Right. So I think that's why Grey's Anatomy wasn't on there. Um, Desperate Housewives wasn't on there. Uh, hey, Mad Men showed up. Uh, uh, what, what's the other one? Um, uh, damages. Damages showed up. You know, I mean, that's some, that's some good stuff, and I don't think people would have seen it unless there was a writer strike. So yeah. I think probably that that you know, and and the fact that uh, Grey's Anatomy didn't make it, that sort of surprised me. And none of the none of the actors got in there. Well, and this is my last chance to complain about this. So even even now that it's gone, it's last chance uh, at really getting a significant nomination eluded The Wire, uh, which is now which is bad because man, that's a great show, one of the best shows in the history of television. And yeah. so you know, and you figure it's sort of like the Return of the King syndrome, where they wait until the final season or the final installment of a film trilogy or whatever, and they go, well, okay, now you're over. We'll give you enough. But I mean, even now, I mean, the five seasons done off. Even now, they won't give The Wire the, the dignity of a nomination. It's just that's a, that's a thing I'm going to be bitter about until I die. Yeah. So well, what can you do? Um. So, uh, Mad Men, and the, the vindication from Matthew uh, Weiner, or Weiner, whatever his name is, the guy that does Mad Men, 
That's got to be even sweeter for him because HBO famously passed on that show. Yeah. You know the thing is, you know the thing about that show? He pitched it to, to HBO, and they didn't even say no. They would just never respond to him. They just never got back to him. He was writing, <laughs> I didn't know that part. Yeah, he was one of the most acclaimed writers at that time on The Sopranos. So, you know, you figure if you're working at HBO and this guy comes to you with a script... And you look he's, at it. Yeah, he's you one of the, and he's one of the best writers. You buy him lunch. Or you at least, you know, talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the best writers on the best show you've ever had on your network, and he gives you, a, you know, a, a pilot. You figure you at least give him the dignity of saying, well, no. They didn't even do that. They didn't get back to him at all. Yeah. So, Jesus. Oh. I like that show. It's a, it really is. A, it's a, it, Mad Men is really a fantastic program. It's yeah. uh I won't say it's the best thing on TV, but it's one of the, it's one of the best things going. It really is a. It holds your interest the entire time too. That's what I like. And about it. and just you know such such a, a great look, such great production value, the art design. I mean, it's just a beautiful show in every in every in every aspect. In every. And from regard. what I've what I've been told by people who were around then and in that area, it's pretty accurate on how how they, that industry and those guys behaved. I mean, it, I I find that fascinating. Uh, Tim Riley brought in a great uh, the New York Times magazine. Uh, article about Mad Men from a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about they had interviews with a lot of those guys at BBDO and you know those old advertising agencies in Madison Avenue, and you know the opinion was a little bit split about some of the details, but everybody did sort of seem to agree that that whole era is just one big haze of cigarettes and martinis, you know, <laughs> and dames, um, and uh, I mean it's just and and that the attention to detail in that show. Apparently there was a sequence where um, one of Don Draper's kids was supposed to be playing with an etch a sketch, and I guess. Matthew Weiner stepped in at the last moment and took the Etch-a-Sketch out of the scene and had it reshot because it turned out the Etch-a-Sketch in real life came out one month later. Oh, well, there you go. Like, no, 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 that didn't come out until June, not May, you know, or whatever. So it really is It's quite an exceptional program. So, all right. Um, hey, oh, and uh, do you see this thing about the Hollywood Walk of Fame buckling? No. I'm reading this now. It's, this is from uh, the L.A. Times. Cost of repairs for Hollywood's buckling Walk of Fame trips up officials. So apparently there's there's like $4 million needed to fix the thing because I guess it's starting to just – it's like because of the moving land masses and so forth. It's just like – Well, there uh, are many areas uh, – they, they have trees planted along Hollywood Boulevard, and a lot of those roots uh, start to grow, well, obviously, and then and, and it kicks up the sidewalk. You've seen that in neighborhoods, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Same kind of thing. Plus there are areas of, of Hollywood Boulevard that, let's face it, aren't even looked at, much less kept up. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, so, the so Zeppo Marks star. Yeah, yeah, right around the CNN building. As a matter of fact, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those uh, places are just sort of ignored, and and until a, a fan of a particular actor gets down there on their hands and knees and starts buffing a star, very little gets done if it's not on the main drive. So that guy who's really, really into Francis the Talking Mule decides to go over there and give it a good sponging. Let me rub that for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, hey, let me. Uh, here's a great idea. I'm going to give you a great little sidebar piece uh, uh, that you can uh, that you can work on. You can have this as your own. You don't even need to give me credit. What here's is? a great idea. We were talking about uh, about Susan Atkins yesterday, the Manson acolyte Sadie Mae Glutz, yeah. who brain cancer, blah blah blah, tried to get out, and they told her to get bent. And you know, you're talking about Charlie Manson and how you got to do something. Okay, I have a great idea for a CNN investigative piece. Are you ready? Yeah. This is genius. This is the best idea you're going to hear all month. You, Jim Roop, ought to do an investigative piece where you try to discover where all the kids of the Manson family are today. Yeah, what was that kid's name that that Atkins had? She named him. Well, there's a kid, a guy named Ivan, Ivan Pugh, I think is his name, um, who 
says that he is one of the Manson kids, although Susan Atkins, by her own admission, was dating a lot of guys at that time, and it, it's sort of un, unclear. But, but I mean, the, the cops said when they raided the Manson ranch and they took all the Manson family that there were, I mean, there's a couple dozen kids living at the Manson ranch. Any, you know, they all uh, had really weird names too. Yeah, and all of them, you know, and many, any number of them, uh, you know, fathered by Charles Manson, um, and you know, raised by the Manson family. And if you look and if you read Bugliosi's Helter Skelter, there's that picture section in the middle, and there's a shot at the end. It's really haunting. There's a shot in Helter Skelter where it shows a whole picture of all the Manson family children who were all at that point about five years of age. So you wouldn't really recognize them now. And they were given new names and placed with new families all across the country. And so my thing is. Because right now they would all be about my age or a little older. They'd be between 35 and 40. And so the thing is, who are, I mean, there's a whole, there are dozens of people walking around out there right now who are the children of the Manson family, and in some cases the children of Charles Manson himself, who either know it or don't know it. And so that that screams out to be an investigative piece. Where are the Manson family children today? Does Charles Manson have two dozen kids living around the country who might not even know it? I'm telling you, man, I, here's the thing. I'd read that, and maybe I'm a little unbalanced, but I would absolutely read that. I, I would definitely read that. I'd love to do that. Okay, see, you can have that idea. That's a gift from Rick Emerson to you for your years of service here. You're a wonderful man. All right, well, it's, we can hug later. All right. Uh, all right, my brother, you on tomorrow? Yes, sir. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you then. Enjoy your day, sir. Thank you. Jim Roop. There you go. Excellent. Rick Emerson, he gives. Hello, Carl Click. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm sorry I messed up old Jim Root there. That, that's okay. It's like it was just a, you know, it's just a confluence. Any other time that, yeah, feel free to use the, uh, you know, the, the secret bat line there. It's just a, uh, yeah, CNN. It's not even Jim Root. It's that the CNN bookers, if the if the correspondents call in and the line is busy, the CNN people are really like they're kind of jerks about it. Um, yeah, their their people get upset, right? Well, I, I'm just glad that I know the secret hotline now. That's well, because you're people who knows people, and by people I mean us. Yeah, uh, okay, why is it that the newspapers and mainstream media organizations publish or published the home addresses of people engaged in seemingly innocuous crimes? Yeah, I think, I think it's probably a little archaic. It doesn't happen as much as, as we would think. But here's the reason. Um, it's so that you're identifying the person uh, more accurately because the worst thing you would want to do is say that John Smith – was walking around uh, the room in a uh, phallic costume and have four or five John Smiths in the uh, in the city uh, saying, "Hey, I didn't do that." Okay. So print, print the address. You're really nailing it down who it is, and you're not setting yourself up for any lawsuits hey, from anybody else. That makes a lot of sense. See, and that's is... why if you watch our, our newscast now, we if we have somebody involved in you know crime like that, uh, we will mention where they're from. Uh, we don't give addresses, but we'll probably put a middle name in there if we know it. So that we can separate John William Smith from all John, the John from, Smiths out there who are, you know, serial killers. From John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. That guy too. I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. That that makes a lot of sense. That actually is a completely plausible. See, this is this is why you have that job, and I talk about Britney Spears. So, all right, excellent. Thank you, my Carl Click. Hey, uh, by the way, did you see that K2 is going to be briefly pulling the TV plug at 6:15 p.m. Yeah, have you heard about that? That's going to be great. We're going to turn off our analog signal for about 10 seconds. At 6.15 tonight, so if you're sitting at home watching, uh, you will know if your TV set is affected by the switch over to digital. Which is so happening in interesting. What, like a February of 09, something like that? Exactly, February 17th, 09, by the way. So, so that way, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know, you know, if they're cable, if they're DVR, if they're satellite, if they're affected. Uh, and usually it's people who are still using antenna and things like that. But we're going to turn it off. If your signal goes off, then you know... I have some work to do to upgrade 
I got to get one of those converter boxes. If it doesn't go off, which won't happen for people on cable and that kind of thing, then you'll know you don't have to worry because you're all set. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Because it's all very confusing. I have to between. I, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to sound like my grandfather here, but analog TV and digital TV and HD and HD radio, which is that I just I never know what the hell is going on with any of these things. And people will say, and, and here's the other thing you hear in radio. Well, the uh, thing about it is, uh, part of the radio uh, spectrum is being allocated solely to a digital transmission. And I listen, and I'll, I'll go to these meetings with CBS Corporate, where I, you know, where I have to pretend to be like a manager. And I'll sit there, and they'll have these, like a guy pointing at a graph that I'm supposed to understand. He'll go, this part of the electromagnetic spectrum for radio broadcast is going to be allocated solely to digital and HD feeds, but with a supplementary feed for analog signals uh, as of first fiscal quarter 09. And I'll, and I'll look at him and I'll go, that's, no, that's really great. I can see that we're really making some progress there. And I think this is going to help us really maximize our ancillary revenue streams. So I am very excited about that, Bob. The question and, is, the question is, how does that affect your carbon footprint, though? It, that, 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 and it's the same thing. I sit, I smile, I nod, and then I go back to my office and I cry. So, all right. Thank you, Carl Click. Hey, you're the best show ever. God bless you, sir. Carl Click from K2, ladies and gentlemen. Bless him. Man, I wish that we had audio of Carl Click doing the roast. So that people could see, actually, how, if they weren't able to make it, how awesome he really is. He was good. Uh, the only audio of the roast that ever appeared, because we looked out. I don't know if you were doing the roast, uh, but I did see a whole lot of uh, red lights out in the audience, so I know people were filming it and taping it and whatever. We did ask that people not post it online, because people have, by people I mean Carl Click, have sort of like straight jobs they needed to keep. Um, I will say the only sort of bootleg video that appeared, there's about a minute because it's not a secret, it's on YouTube. There's about a minute of bootleg video from the roast, and it's me right as I was sort of t uh, kind of teeing off on Court and Fatboy. That's all that's out there. There's one minute of bootleg video of me talking about Court and Fatboy. That's about it. And I don't think anything else. I think people kind of, they taped it. I saw people filming, but they were sort of good enough to not to not be putting it all online. Mm -hmm. By the way, this, uh, this guy says, uh, hey, that guy wasn't full of it. There's money all over the I-84. I see it, but I can't get to it. Damn it all. Sorry, sir. It's America. That's nuts. I would almost want to leave just to go see it. How are your insides, Tim? They're unchanged. Yeah. Maybe they give you a placebo by mistake. I don't think so. It's a bra on the, the tablets that I took. All right. Okay. Well, fair enough. So you took those, and you don't have to do anything else until... When is the next time you have to put something in your body? Six to nine. And that's the milkshake? Yeah. The whole thing? It's not a milkshake. But I mean, it's water added to some kind of uh, lemon lime Kool Aid. But this is the thing that tastes like drinking a meadow milkshake. I don't know. You're the one who described it to me. Well, maybe I'm thinking of a different thing though. Hmm. This is this is a, when a friend of mine again had some GI thing done, mm -hmm. and he had to drink like barium, which I think is how they track your insides. Oh. So maybe that's this. Maybe. Maybe it's it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. That no. makes sense. Okay. Uh, and uh, one. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Afro Monkey Watch. Here's your monkey watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Network. What? Spain's parliament approved a measure to extend some human rights to gorillas, chimney pansies, bonobos, orangutans, becoming the first country to explicitly acknowledge the legal rights of non-humans. The parliament's environmental committee approved a resolution that commits the country to the Declaration of Great Apes, which states... Great ape. Non-human apes. 
are entitled to the non-human apes. Non-human apes. Uh huh. Are entitled to the rights of life, liberty, and protection from torture. I don't think we're making this up either. This is like an actual thing that's happening from in the Spain. Christian Science Monitor. Yeah. Our Reuters reports that the resolution is expected to become law and will likely take effect within a year. The news agency spells out what it means for Spain's population of non-human apes. Keeping apes for circuses, television commercials, or filming will also be forbidden and breaking the new law well, that's will just become wrong. an offense under Spain's penal code. Uh, keeping an estimated 350 apes in Spanish zoos will not be legal, but supporters of the bill say conditions need to improve. Please that. tell me they're just going to open the cages and let them out of the city. That'd be great. <laughs> the, streets, uh, the streets of Madrid will be filled with apes. They'll be biting people's faces off. There's your monkey watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. By the way, this says about the colonoscopy. Yeah, it's about that. I had one of those three or four years ago to check for something or other. I will send you a picture of the inside of my colon as oh. soon as I... No. Oh. Not, this is not me. This okay. is somebody else's colon. This person says, I will send you a picture of the inside of my colon as soon as I find the Polaroids the doctor took. Polaroid? This seems they, like some they sort of a Polaroid? A, yeah, how would that have been years ago? I think they've improved the yeah. situation. Says some sort of a discount doc, like a doctor, you know, Hi, everybody. Take off your pants. Uh, when they put me on the table and were going to sedate me, I said I had to go again. And the doctor said, no, don't worry. We'll just take care of it here. Then I was out and woke up in recovery. Tell Tim he'll have to be near a toilet at all times for the next two days. After it's done, you sleep near the toilet and are weak and can't move. It's quite a lot of fun. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, how about this? Yeah. Rick, I too have had this procedure twice, and it's not the pills that get you as much as the prep does. Also, Tim, they use a drug called Versed, which causes, quote, oh, here's a terrifying phrase. By the way, Tim is having this uh, procedure done tomorrow, yes? Yes. Yeah. All right. And you've uh, made sure to avoid all um, nuts and seeds in your diet? That is correct. All right. You haven't eaten since yesterday? No. Taking your pills? Yes. Excellent. Also, tell Tim they've used a drug called Versed, which causes conscious sedation. <gasps> That's scary. You will be awake, but just snowed enough to where you won't feel the probe. You will, however, be fully aware. All right. Yeah, that's probably oh. forward to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should do it. Here's Tim Riley. Say, Richie, an Asian woman has surgery on her giant 100-pound legs. Yes, a Chinese lady has long suffered from huge legs. She's looking forward to wearing skirts again and trousers. Who suffers from huge legs? This Chinese woman. Oh, I mean, they were bigger round, maybe, not tall. Oh, they're huge. <laughs> they, they look like salamis in a deli. Wow. Okay, I wasn't oh. I wasn't prepared for that. She lives in the eastern Chinese province of Xingsu. She's not been able to leave her house or wear regular clothing since she's been six. Due to her condition causing her legs to deform and triple in size, giving them a combined weight of 110 pounds. Really? It's like she's got Augustus Gloop's legs. Mm -hmm. All right, that's no good. Uh, so uh, she wants to have legs like a normal lady so she can wear dresses and dance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sad. She'll accomplish that. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hello. Okay, hey, I think I know what that gurgly, watery sounder is. Yes. You know, when you go to the zoo and you go to, like, a certain exhibit and you, like, there's, like, a, you know, explanation of what the animal is and you press, like, a button and it makes a sound? Uh-huh. I think that's the hippopotamus. So you're saying this, wait, hold on, you, you believe that this sound is the sound of... 
Yeah. I suppose, except at the end, it does really sound like there's some sort of a human voice making kind of an uh sort of a feel at the end. And maybe it's the zookeeper prodding the hippo with a hey, stick to make it. Hey, there you go. That's okay. No, no, no. That's a good theory. All right. Thank you, sir. Well, hey, and and uh, the late the the latest guess on Tim's movement, I think, was like one twenty. So since they're the all latest fired, guess was two thirty. Two thirty. We oh. had a one. We most of them. Oh, you're right. We had the latest in this hour was one thirty three. So that's passed. Right now, it's up to a guy named K -K -K Ken. Uh, Why do you say it like that? It's from. Um, it's from uh, a fish called Wanda. Oh, okay. Where there's the, where there's where uh, I think it's uh, a Michael Palin. It has a stutter, and so Kevin Klein. His name is Ken, and Kevin Klein keeps mocking him. What's the matter, K -K 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 Ken? Are you going to K -K -K come K -K kill me? Uh, which, because we're gutless uh, Americans, whenever they show that on TV here, they edit it out because you can't make fun of people with a stutter. I'm doing it right now. Uh, the uh, but uh, so Ken though has a guess of 2:30. Uh, so that's so there's a, about another 50 minutes where things can go wrong or right, depending on who you are. Okay, so if everyone's wrong and the inevitability doesn't happen, can we call in and, and make you know, additional guesses? Uh, no, I think at that point everybody loses, including Tim. Well, right. everyone loses. Sorry okay. about that, my friend. Thank well, you. going to lose regardless, I yes, think. Yes, it is true. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right. <laughs> that was a forced laugh, Tim. You're not really happy about this, are you? All right. No, I have. Fine. What else is coming up in today's program, you might ask? Oh, you might ask yourself, why such a big suit? Uh, yes, uh, Jen Lane from Firefly Magazine will be stopping in. Nina Parker from TMZ.com will be joining us. We have, uh, let's see. The hell else? I had something else. Top five. Interesting. The it's top only five. like half done. Well, I gave you You gave four. me a piece of paper. Oh, am I supposed to find the other two? Well, I don't know if you wanted to pitch in. I could probably come up with two more, no, but I, I thought totally you might want to. Yeah. So I got four. So we got four of the top five. So we'll need two more. Yeah. If you want to pitch in, and then we'll figure out how to number them and whatever, and I'll no. write a little intro. So we got the top five, uh, an ad hoc top five, top five night songs uh, coming up. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got to go through, uh, you know, we really ought to go through more of our sound clips today. Uh, we got to try to get that sound clip inventory kind of taken care of. All right. Stay there. We'll be back after this. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Stay there. Jar, this second jar of marshmallow fluff came from? No. We had the strawberry. I don't even know fluff. where I'd buy such a thing. I have no idea. Maybe it's like in the uh, supermarket where there's like the Asian aisle, and then there's like a Safeway, it's like Hispanic aisle. Maybe there's one that's like New England food aisle or something. Just fluff and clam chowder and sap. Just big boxes of sap. All right, I'm a little goofy today. Uh, hey, just this thing about the head used as a bowling ball. Alcohol, oh. alcohol may have been a factor. <laughs> no. I love this country. All right. Uh, oh, wait, this wasn't even here. This was in uh, goddamn Australia, you savages. Uh, well, country filled with uh, felons. What do you expect? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, we've got the... I'm just going to read this. 
A man stabbed a teenager to death before cutting off his head and using it as a puppet and a bowling ball, a court has been told. As a puppet? Oh, gross. <laughs> Tim was just, like, with his hand, sort of miming how you might have done that. Tim just well, I was I was wondering if, you know, if there was the occasion to ask. <laughs> how might I do this? You may ask yourself, how might I use a severed head as a puppet? Tim was just doing, like, a senior Wences thing with his hand just now. Milo, how are you? I'm fine. That is disturbing. So that means he's. I can't his... feel my legs. Well, I guess he's already took time to like murder and you know behead somebody. So yeah, they're using a puppet. It's just wrong. Killing and dismembering. That's one thing. Puppetry. No. Wait. Not. It's not puppetry of the penis. It's puppetry of the cranium. See, I'm trying to think of like uh, something that rhymes with penis that can be associated with the head. Or like uh, puppetry of the cabeza. That, that's not funny. I, I'm trying. Well, whatever. Yes, a man stabbed a teenager to death before cutting off his head and using it as a puppet. And the bowling ball, a court has been told. James Patrick Royken, 28, has pleaded not guilty. Why would you? Why would you even bother not pleading guilty to this? What would we be the point? I didn't do it, mate. It was uh, him. Was he caught with the head? Let's find out. Has pleaded not guilty in the Supreme Court in Brisbane to murdering 17-year-old Morgan J. Shepherd on March 29th. Instead, he pled guilty to a charge of accessory to the murder after the fact that the Crown rejected the plea and was proceeding with a murder trial. Um, Mr. Shepard's headless body was found in a shallow grave near Dayboro, west of Brisbane, on um, uh, April 1st. The court was told today the teenager was stabbed more than 135 times and that his head had been sawn off. Prosecutor David Meredith told the court that Rowan and his friend Christopher Jones had murdered Mr. Shepard after becoming in an argument after a drinking session. I love this. Alcohol may have been a factor. Have you ever been drunk enough that you would saw off somebody's head and make it into a puppet? The answer is probably not. Uh, let's see. In his opening address, Mr. Meredith told the jury several witnesses would testify they overheard Jones and Rowan boasting about the killing. He said one witness would say Jones spoke of holding Mr. Shepard down and stomping him several times before finally turning on him with the knife, with which they stabbed him 137 times. Well, you, you have to be sure, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Meredith said Jones also told friends that Rowan then used the head like a puppet and a bowling ball. Oh, God. So you... Presumably not at the same time. I think so once, you've, he... once you've used it as a bowling ball, I would say its puppetry use is probably minimal. Um, yeah, I would imagine it's uh, eye holes and mouth for that, Sarah. Anywho. Apparently, it had no motive. May have been fueled by the consumption of alcohol. The head? No, the uh, the killing. The bowling. Here's the, the worst part: is that we were all trying to think of exactly how you would use the head as a puppet, or in Sarah's case, as a bowling ball. It's a thing you don't want to think about, but we were all trying to figure out the mechanics of that. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. What are we doing here? I don't know. Tim, do you feel like doing more news? Ah, uh, sure. That was my coded way of asking. How are your guts, Tim? Fine so far. Are they fine? It's been an hour and 49 minutes. I think I'm going to let everyone down. Now, well, here's the we thing. another hour to go. Uh, now, do you feel like, um, with, let me ask you this. With every passing moment, are you more accepting of your fate, or is, are you filled with more and more dread for the inevitable time with the whole intestinal, uh, you know, the evacuation? Because you just can't control it, you know? Especially if the discharge is watery, Tim. Well, especially yeah. if you're taking medication specifically, you know, forcing everything out. See, but I don't even understand how that works because I'm not much of a doctor. How does it work, medication like that, that it forces everything out? Do you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. 
I don't understand what happens. It seems, I mean, it, it seems like there's almost, the way that everybody has made it sound who's had this procedure is that it's almost like a pressure. Like, oh, i got to get to the bathroom right now. I don't understand how that works. Like, I'm not trying to be gross. I really am just curious about this. Presumably, like, you haven't eaten in a day, right? Correct. How are I'd you? be going nuts. You know, Viso is a clear beverage, by the way, Tim. You could be having some of that. Oh, I guess I could. You have could. a lot of caffeine on an empty stomach. Have a lot of caffeine <laughs> while you've after you've already taken like a laxative. I'm sure that'd be fine. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but here's my question: Is presumably since you haven't eaten in a day, whatever might be evacuated is already there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's already in you. So what? I, I just don't. An area man wants to know what is up with that. How? Uh, I guess maybe I'm asking a question that I don't I don't know the answer to. But I uh, you know well whatever. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, Rihanna admits she's a bit of a fashion outlaw. She graciously covered this week's InStyle magazine, where she opens up about her clothing choices. Rihanna says she doesn't follow anybody else's guidelines. She's out of control. Dressed every day. Oh. Like I will wear a leather jacket with a dress, and you know, a dress is girly. Leather jacket is more rock and roll and edgy. But I will put the two together, and it makes a difference. So I break rules all the time. I pray for is you she... to be eaten by fire ants. Is she American? I don't know. I, I know don't. It sounds like she had an accent for a second. She's from some Caribbean country. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. She says her tiny purse is one of her fashion essentials. When I go shopping, I hate to be carrying a bag and a shopping bag, so I go shopping with that, and it kind of makes me mad that I wasted my money on all these other purses when this is all I needed. You're really deep. Well, wow. time is just about up, so please talk about only one of your nine tattoos. I have a star on my ear. It was a little painful. I got that one only because my best friend wanted to get her first tattoo, and she said she wouldn't do it unless I got one. That was exciting. Feel my brain becoming smooth as I listen to that. Rick, I was in Kennewick last weekend. The bad news is it'll be suffocatingly hot. The good news is that there will be an inevitable hot, dry, soul-sapping wind to go along with it, so it all works out. Have fun. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, let's see. About Tim's uh, subject, I must say this is much more entertaining than the recent discussions of vomiting. Well, that is true. That is true. It's we just vomiting from a, a different area. <laughs> From the ears? Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to vomit right out one of my eyes. Hold on. <coughs> here's Tim. <laughs> Time for religious nutcase watch a double. All right, here's your religious nutcase watch. Well, that vomit's coming right out of my hair. Where's the worst place to vomit from? What if you vomited from your back? That's pretty gross. Vomit from your belly button. <laughs> uh, but then you'd, if you could vomit from your belly button, wouldn't you get drunk and do it to people in a bar who weren't expecting it? Look at this! <laughs> you would totally do that at least so once. so gross. Why are we talking about that? They don't want to set it. What if you could vomit out of your fingers? Now I'm just turning into Dane Cook. All right, here's Tim Riley. If I could vomit out of my fingers, I would totally be like, look, there's vomit coming out of my fingers. And then I'd oh, say that, like spaghetti or something? And then I'd say that joke 50 more times in a row and it'd become funny. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. As it should be. Yeah. Barbie's new S&M look has whipped up a storm. The protesters call it filth. The doll's image is transformed with kicky fishnets, motorcycle jacket, black gloves, and boots. Uh, Mattel says uh, Black Canary Barbie. Out black Canary Barbie, really? Based on a DC comic superhero of the same name. But a religious group, the Christian Voice, says Barbie has always been on the tardy side. Whatever. But this is taking it too far. It's also uh, sexually suggestive, and it's irresponsible. And still... Why don't you shut it? Uh, I am not you, Tim. Uh, I have a great idea. Here's a great idea. <laughs> Why don't you shut it, Tim? Although that advice will come in handy later, I suppose. <laughs> oh, Rick Everson. Bender's a genius. I have a great idea uh, for a reality show. Who wants to hear it? 
Your mic wasn't even on, I don't think. <laughs> uh, my great idea for the reality show is this, where you get some chick, and then it's a reality show where the winner, through plastic surgery, gets to have Barbie's body. The actual Because, you know, every... like Wait, once, it doesn't, you can't really get Barbie's actual body. You could, though, through science. And technology? Yes. Well, you know, because every year some tire, some feminist hag puts out some, you know, Barbie's figure is scientifically unachievable. No one can... And every year the story comes out where they go, you know, if Barbie was a real woman, she would have the following proportions, which is... The, they also recycle that as a Lara Croft story. You know, if Lara Croft was a real woman, her figure would be blah, 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 blah. blah. And they do that story like twice a year. Um, like in some vain attempt to get girls to not play with Barbie dolls, which is a thing you're just never going to stop. So with a reality show where they give you the chance to actually have... Wait. I have another idea inside the first idea. Who wants to hear the other idea? Oh, boy, do I. Okay. This The second... Okay, so you could either uh, give a girl a chance to actually have Barbie's body, which I believe you could you could get. The only thing you probably couldn't get is height. Well, and you probably... It depends, because there are actually different bone structures, and somebody's rib cage could be too big. Yeah, you can get rid of those ribs. you got floating ribs, right? You can, you, don't have to, you don't need all of those. Don't, don't your bottom ribs... Can't you get rid of those? Maybe I'm making that up. I'm not I a doctor. Know. I, uh... <laughs> I don't know about your magical floating ribs, Rick Emerson. <laughs> what is wrong with I you? I don't know. If that's the way you want it. <laughs> I've got too many ribs. I demand that you take them up now. Um, the, the, okay, so you can either be made to look like Barbie. How about this? Here's another great idea. I'm full of ideas today. A reality show where uh, the, the prize would be that they would give you surgery to make you look like your favorite celebrity. I want to look like Angelina Jolie. Bam! I think they've had that. Really? I think so. I mean, I know they've had that show Becoming, where they gave you like a makeover, and they like if you wanted to look like Britney Spears, they gave you like extensions and a makeover, and they gave you her wardrobe, and they had somebody like teach you how to dance like her. I think MTV did Becoming, which is where they would give you like a very sort of surface makeover to look like a celebrity. But this would be where you could actually get plastic surgery to look like Brad Pitt, uh, you know, or uh, you know, whoever, you know. I, I demand to look like Jessica Biel, you know, and then they give you like the, the whatever the makeover to do that. All right. Okay. Yeah, just no, maybe it hasn't. Maybe it just seems like so plausible that I think that it's already happened. It's a great idea. Well, did you, did you know, how much do you know about Liberace, Sarah? Nothing. Okay, let me tell you this about Liberace. This is a fun fact. It's absolutely true. So Liberace's male companion of many years, this is how crazy and weird Liberace was. As he aged, he he's this guy who was sort of his, you know, sort of his live-in, kind of his boy toy. Liberace had the guy get massive amounts of plastic surgery to look just like Liberace. So there you go. So Liberace at one point was dating a young guy who had been modified to look exactly like him. Can you get Liberace injections? I would talk. <laughs> Maybe. I think oh. Liberace injections might mean something else, Tim. Ha <laughs> ha! Rick Everson. Avengers a genius. Yeah, his name was Scott something or other, I think. Uh, and he got plastic surgery to look just like Liberace. It's creepy. That is very creepy. But you see interviews with him now, and he's just like, anyway. He told me that it would look really cool, and it's it's just yeah, it's it's a whole lot of bad. Mm. All right, here's Tim Riley. Part two. A Christian group that opposes same-sex marriage launched a boycott of McDonald's because the fast food support of the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. American Family Association President Tim Wildman says almost 200,000 people have signed an online pledge to boycott McDonald's for promoting homosexuality instead of remaining neutral. McDonald's spokesman Bill Whitmore said the company's made a financial contribution to the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce 
And a McDonald's executive serves on the chamber's board. He insists it doesn't mean McDonald's supports a particular lifestyle or mm-hmm. same-sex marriage. Yeah. All right. There you go. There's your uh, religious nutcase watch for uh, Thursday in the Rick Emerson Show. This top five is so vexing. I don't know what to leave on and what to put off. Bless you. And somebody sent me some more that we didn't even think of. I don't know. I think you might have to just make an executive decision and pick, pick the six. Okay. I don't think I can be responsible for that. You'll never pick the six. Uh, Jim, could you please grab me my food? Thank you. What? Oh, I'm sorry. She wants her food. Oh, yeah. That's very nice. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't hear the part of that. All I heard was like, "Ood." My allergies just kick in every time I get in this room. You sure it's allergies? Do you feel an evacuating sensation anywhere else? I'm just saying. You sure that? You know, if this was a sitcom, there would have been like a wacky mix-up where Tim took your my doll. And then you took Tim's explosive diarrhea pills. I like, just can't stop popping mine all. <laughs> you know, with my ovaries and all. Mama! <laughs> and whatnot. I've and, never taken mine And all that that implies. How weird that I've taken more mine all than you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, you're on KCMD Portland, by the way, in case you were curious. How can I help you today? Hey, Rick. Uh, this is Charlie. I just wanted to uh, bring up an anecdote from back from well, before Sarah was born, which shows that I'm not in the Target demo, but neither is Tim. Uh, back when uh, Tony Randall used to make appearances on uh, The Tonight Show back in uh, Carson days. Wait, hold on. Tony Randall, alive or dead? Dead. Dead. Dead? Okay. And uh, he was always the, 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 the absolute picture-perfect of proper behavior. Yes, he was. And he was always incensed about something when he came out on the show. And one time he was just purple and livid. And Carson said, what is the problem? Because I, I saw this ad on television for a laxative. And he goes, so? He goes, the tagline was disgusting. He goes, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, well, our laxative is predictable. No surprises. Carson goes, isn't that good? He goes, yes, but the tagline said, take our laxative. It won't surprise you. You don't have to worry about it kicking in on the bus. <laughs> really? Yep. That's horrible. Kicking in on the bus. Well, Tim. Well, Tim, you drove yourself today, did you not? I did, yes. All right, excellent. So you don't have to worry about it kicking in on the max. No, no. just in my no. car. Right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Goodbye, Tim. Goodbye, Sarah. And Sarah, how can you eat in front of that starving man? All right. Oh, that's right. Tim oh. hasn't eaten in more than a day. It has, it, has, it has chicken in it, so he wouldn't want it anyway. All right. Thank oh, you, sir. Oh, Thank really you. Bad, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Sorry, Tim. And I've just been... Should <laughs> I put away this zucchini and yam sandwich? Oh, no, because I wouldn't eat that on a normal day. I'm just saying. What about this big bucket of mangoes over here, Tim? I realize most people do eat food. All right. So are you hungry? That's so a dumb question. Not. Are you hungry? No, I'm past being hungry. Have you gone into Are you delusional? Have you gone into the stage where if if you gone into the stage where everybody is it like in the Bugs Bunny cartoon where like if you look at me long enough I'll turn into a turnip? Not yet. <laughs> it's like where Bugs would be in a boat and he'd look at the other guy and the guy would turn into a chicken leg. All right, all right. Tim Riley back at the bottom of the hour with more news and hilarity. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling? About the same. You look a little unsteady. I feel well. I haven't eaten in. <laughs> When did, here's, really, uh, I, I know you have to go. Not pro- really existing on any energy of any sort. Oh. Just kind of stumbling around here. <laughs> existing on pure you're talent, such a Tim. Good job, Tim. No, really, well, I, would, I do the same thing at the same time every day, and repetition is the key to learning. You know, if I, it's all muscle memory at this it point. Is. If I didn't know better, Tim, I'd say that you were operating in a fully, you know, in a full stomach and a, you know, tip-top shape. Let me ask you that this. Would be a lot. I know that you, I know that you have to go uh, prepare news and so forth mm-hmm. for the people, but. Um, 
Uh, and by the way, Timmy Ryan will be here uh, tomorrow, filling in for Tim Riley. Oh boy. Um, so good look forward to that, Sarah. Thanks, Tim, thanks for leaving. And we'll all be on like three hours of sleep, so it'll be extra funny. Um, it, it, when, oh, more than I'll get. When are you allowed to eat? After the uh, procedure. So whenever, like, you can be done with the procedure and go right to like a drive-through somewhere. Yes, but they said I'll probably fall asleep right after. All right, so okay, so but whenever you wake up, you're able to sort of do that. Yes. Apparently, and this is I've gotten some emails about this. Apparently, you want to be careful. Uh, about what you choose to eat immediately following the procedure. Um, it says that. This is, uh, let's see here. This says, um, the colonoscopy is not much of a problem for a vegan. It should be even less of a problem. Tim takes very good care of his body, of course. It says, just make sure your first meal is something gentle. I won't identify this person, but it says, uh, let's see. I was talked into, let's see, I was talked into going to the village inn where I just plowed for a sausage skillet and pancakes. Oh, no, <laughs> and then it just says, oh, goodness, the, unpleasant, uh, the unpleasantness of my first bathroom trip after that cannot even be described. Uh, <laughs> sausage skillet, Tim? You see, today we discovered a demographic we never thought of before. That it's is true. Niche. All right. Mm-hmm. You're speaking for the people. All right, back at the bottom of the hour with more news and information and hilarity, uh, Tim Riley. All right, uh, here in a short while, we'll bring in our good friend uh, Jen Lane. We'll talk about some things going on in the world of Barfly Magazine. Uh, we'll do the top five. Uh, maybe we'll do the top five with Jen Lane here in a while. That'd be okay. That'd be an interesting way to I mix guess it up. We should probably get it figured out then. All right. Well, we got to do uh, these phone calls, and then uh, and then we'll. Um, yeah, what was I saying? You know, I haven't had any visa. Tim hasn't had any food in a day, and I haven't had any caffeine since the show started. I haven't had my 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 uh, you know my usual. See, now I can't even form words. What's Did that you word? Go that, get your visa? What's that word that's like a thing you do? My customary. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what's that? Wow, word? I just turned into a retarded Eddie Izzard just then, and this is all true. Uh, I haven't had my customary second viso. Uh, I was going to say... They usually have two during the course of the show, plus coffee. Yes. Um, and I'm I haven't, amazing the amount of caffeine you ingest. I haven't had my second one yet. And then i got to take a nap tonight. I know that makes me sound like a, like a colossal tool. But i got to go and take a nap. Because here's the thing. I didn't sleep all that well last night. And the dark night, not going to get up until 2.45. I'm not going to get to sleep at the 4. Mm-hmm. And then i got to be back up. i get back here at like 8.30. So, you know, that's not going to be fun. So i got to go home and take a nap. Um... We gotta do the sound bite inventory as well. We got a little bit of that. This can't be like the thing of labeling the bumper music that we never did. That, oh, we, did for like, that we did for like two days and then stopped. Well, I didn't even realize you still had half of those sound bites. I mean, my God, you still have the whole the old Scotty Jason. I've got 575 different sound bites still to get to. Uh, let's do a couple of these and then we'll uh, do the sound. Then we'll uh, bring in Jen Lane. Then we'll do the top five. Then bada bing, bada boom, hilarity ensues. And then we all learn something in the end. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Uh, just letting you know, I did do the colonoscopy about a month or so ago. Was it a lot of fun? It was fabulous, actually. So, you know, and you, uh, well, Tim eats well, but those of uh, us carnivores, you go through this process, you go, okay, I'm going to eat really well after this now. And you're convinced when you purge your body, but immediately you go through jack-in-the-box. Is this like when you go to the dentist and the dentist goes, your whole mouth like sewer, uh, in yeah. my case, you know, it's just, your mouth like septic picket fence, uh, Ew. What? Your mouth looks like a sewer? He didn't say that. But, I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> do you remember, remember the line? That, do, you want, do you remember the worst line the dentist said to me? That when I went to the dentist. And, and I'm, it's just, this, if you didn't hear the story. So I went to this, the dentist about three months ago. And it was an office where almost no one spoke English. And I just went there. Ran, literally, they were the first people that answered the phone. Because I just went through the phone book. Dentist, gone. Dentist, gone. Dentist, gone. Voicemail, voicemail, gone. They were the first people... Uh, so the phone, and so I stop in, and I sort of, it sounds like a bad sitcom, I had stumbled into a dentist that serves the Asian community. He spoke almost no English, 
And so at one point, do you remember the most horrific thing? No, and I don't really care. Do you want to hear it again? No. All right. So as I'm leaning back in the chair, the dentist is giving, and this is just the cleaning, by the way. Like he's just cleaning my teeth. And he goes, and this is, the dentist looks down at me and he's got like the, the creepy, like, you know, plastic goggles on and the big paper mask. And he goes, oh, that whole lot of blood. And I was just like, God, what are you, I don't want to hear this. Knock me out or something. Um, but anyway, so I, you, but where you get done with the dentist and you're like, this is it. I'm going to floss seven times a day. I am going to rinse after, I'm going to rinse every 15 minutes, whether I've eaten anything or not. And I'm only going to have celery and no sugar ever. And then, but you know, it's like five minutes later, you're into the Hagen does. So. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. Uh, so these two, then we'll do sound, then Jen Lane. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 I have two words for Tim. Yeah. Scrubbing bubbles. It, it, like the cartoon, the, the things that clean the bathroom? Are you scrubbing saying, bubbles. have you had this procedure done? Have you taken this medication? Mm, I'll just stick with scrubbing bubbles. And one thing a tune to run through his head on the way down the hallway is, there's the bathroom on the right. Time for my ripcord. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad he hung up on himself there. I didn't want to have to do that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. You know, would it be a great prank to, like, swallow a couple of little smiley face marbles after all this? And so that way, as the doctor is running the camera up there and they come <laughs> out of the corner and all of a sudden, like, there's a little Lego man staring at him or something. <laughs> like, there's like a, this is a huge smiling face looking at you. All right. Okay. That would be amusing, sir. Well done. All right. It's 503 I'm trying to get all these songs with our, like, you know. With our lightning fast internet connection. Exactly. All right. How's it going over there? It's all right. Would you like me to kill time or something? Sure. Or I want to hear more sounds. All right. Let's see. Zounds. Uh, let's see. So this this started yesterday when somebody noted that I'm always late on the Florida sounder and that, in fact, instead of hitting the Florida sounder, I'm always hitting the Wilhelm. And the Wilhelm is yep. right there. Yeah. See, so not that, but... And the guy's like, why do you even have that? Like, Why do we have it? You know, I don't really know the answer. And he pointed out something which is really accurate, which is that not only do I never need the Wilhelm, by definition, the only, I mean, the only times I ever play this are when I'm trying to play something else. So I don't even know why it's here. And so this is all true. And so this this uh, prompted us to go through and start like looking through these sound effects and figuring out what we have to keep and what we can get rid of. We left off with this, which is the Atari, which is the Atari version of the popcorn song. And we decided we have to keep this. We are keeping that. Yeah, I mean, because don't you think we should have as many versions of popcorn around as, as possible? Mm. There you go. Uh, let's see. We're just going to go through these sound effects. It's all in the. Uh, uh, the V drive here where I keep all my sound effects. And we're just going to go through these one by one. We'll do a few every day, decide what to keep, what to get rid of. Okay. I don't even know if that one can be heard on the air. That was the squirrel, right? It Well, it, we thought it was a bat at the time, remember? That's what labeled bat. Because okay. I think at the time, I think we initially thought it was a bat in the, in the, in the, in the attic or whatever, a bat in the belfry. Um, I don't even know what a belfry is. I just know it's a you thing where there are bats. Uh, but it turned out to be score. We can get rid of that. I'm, yeah, we don't need that. Uh, let's see. Next up. Oh, we have to keep this. This is oh, the, we always have to keep this. This is the full length Blood Rock. Okay, I'm going to relabel that one right now. Blood Rock, full length. Because you know we have the we have all kinds of different versions of Blood Rock. We have one that's just the chorus. We have one that's just the God in Heaven teach me how to die thing. Mm. All right. And some of these I can't. We have to play them all because, A, it's amusing, and, B, some of them I can't see the names. It's like the file names are sort of hidden for some reason. All right, here's uh, the next thing. 
Uh huh. We've got to save that. For what possible? When will we ever play that? I don't know. When Britney Spears says something. Because it was sort of supplanted by the Nickel Arcade song. Stupid, not fat. Why is there the sound of scissors clipping in the background? Are you Scotty hearing loved, that? Scotty loves that sound. I think it comes about halfway through. Right. I think she's stupid, not fat. Scotty loved the scissor sound. We're talking about him like he's dead. This is like, you know what it is? This is like when somebody in your family dies and you're like, oh, okay, look, it's just, it's time. We've got to go through his room and just decide what to throw away and what to keep. And he's like, okay, well, let's throw away this trophy. He loved that trophy. He was so. Do you remember the day he won that? He came home and he was so proud. And we all had a, we all had dinner. Now he's dead. And then you, and he's just like, he can't throw anything away. Well, let's throw away the sweater. That was his favorite sweater. Don't you remember we bought that at Woolworths? That was right before we went on the Ferris wheel. And you, and then you end up not being able to throw anything out. Mm-hmm. All right, if you said to keep it, we'll keep it. All right. Uh, let's see. What is this? This is that Loretta Lynn song called Portland, Oregon. We have to keep this. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Um, Live from the Hukari Insurance Studios of AM 970 <laughs> Solid State wow. Radio. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Holy reverb. Wow. All right. That's, that we're, we don't need that. We'll get rid of that. Delete. Uh, let's see. How about this? Are you sitting around? No, that's a glorious bastard promo. That's already in the system. Um... This is more suspense music. You know, we discovered the other day we have lots of music that's suspenseful. We don't have any music that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say we don't need this. Yeah. I, I can't imagine when we would ever use that. All right. Uh, we already played. Did we play this one yesterday? Welcome back to What's the Buzz. Mary Miller. You may know her as a Academy mm-hmm. Award-winning actress, but today she's here to talk oh, about a great new project this? on the small screen. We're talking about the talented Holly Hunter in her new TV drama series called Saving Grace. Holly, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you. All right, Holly, thanks so much for joining us. Oh. Okay, we love the show. God, Tell us, what drew you to this character that you play, Grace? I'm sorry? What drew you to this character, Grace? Well, you know, I, I, I read the script. It came to me a few months ago with, with an offer, and I got about the, to, to page six, and I called my agent and said, look, if this keeps up, I, 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 I can't say no to this, this woman. I... I can't have anybody else do her but me. Uh, and when this I got so to the end, I called back and said, yes, this is, I, 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 I got I to go. Well, we just love this show. Oh, so, great. You're welcome. So what are you from? Ugh. All right, I can't Yeah, no more. That. Delete it. Uh, really? Don't do you... me, bro. Wow. All right. Uh, do you well, wanna... No, we have to keep we that. We have to keep that. You're right. right. This is, I guess, a don't taste me. Don't taste me, bro. Oh, we haven't played this forever. Don't taste me. I say we have to keep this. Okay, yeah. We're not throwing anything away. Uh, Friends drop in, a man with a badge answers the door. The temperature drops 20 degrees. You throw a party and a badge gets in the way. All of a sudden, there isn't a straight man in the crowd. All at once, you lost your first name. Or how's it going, Dick Tracy? How many jaywalkers did you pinch today? You're a cop, a flatfoot, a bull, a dick, John Law. You're the fuzz, the heat, your poison, your trouble, your bad news. 
Right, what did we even play that? I don't know. Friends drop out. It's all, all once you lost your first. It's all worth it. Last gone, Dick Tracy. How many jaywalkers did you pinch today? This is the money. You're a right. cop, a flatfoot, a bull, a dick, John Law. You're the fuzz, the heat, <laughs> your poison, your trouble, your bad news. I say we have to get rid of it. We have, okay, to, we have yeah. to get rid of something here. Uh, okay, we're just going through our sound effects to decide what we need and what I we... I found the simple life. What's so simple? No. When I jumped out on the road. Is anybody watching this? Got no love. What is this? This is those David Lee Roth dry tracks mixed with the Don't Taze Me Bro guy. Who would have thought that was a good idea? Scotty J. No love you, Cabrio. Okay, that almost becomes funny. <laughs> uh, I'm deleting that. All right, let's do one more, and then uh, Nina Parker from TMZ.com will join us. Then uh, we will bring uh, Jen Lane here into the studio. That's all right. And maybe we can't. Yeah, we can't. We can't just keep everything. All right, let's see. Let's do uh, one more here. Man, what's the matter? I don't know. Maybe it's. Oh, this well, is the. Uh, we are swingers. I'm talking about what they call nowadays open marriage. I'm talking about... Keep your goddamn hands up and wide. This is all worth it for the I pity you. I know they're trying to help. Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. You're crazy. I pity you. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, I can't bring myself to get. We'll open the show with that at some point. All right, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, we'll have uh, more news and amusement from Tim Riley, as well as today's Top 5, uh, in honor of The Dark Knight, which premieres tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, 1201, the Regal Cinema is in Tigard. If you have not yet got your tickets, uh, you got to go to uh, 970.am, 970.am. In the meantime, in between time, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, Nina Parker. Hello, Nina Parker. How Hi, are you today? Good afternoon. How are you? How's life? How are things? Things are wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. I know that things move fast and quickly and without warning in the world of celebrity gossip. So what is uh, what is the big news? What's the scam, the score, the deal, the dirt, the dope? Well, right now, one of the stories that we just broke on the website um, is Josh Brolin and Jeffrey Wright, as everybody knows, or if they're not familiar, they were in Shreveport, Louisiana over the weekend, and they were both arrested. Uh, both were pepper sprayed and tased by cops. And basically what we're told is that police went on a vulgar rant where they used the N-word when referring to Jeffrey Wright, where they were using extreme, you know, nasty language, and that was all a part of the arrest, supposedly caught on cell phone tape by some of the witnesses that saw the event. So basically right now what police are telling us in Shreveport is that, you know, they don't have any indication that the N-word was used or vulgar language was used. Right now they're saying that the police acted in an appropriate manner. So we're waiting to see how this whole situation unfolds, because if that video comes out, it's going to be a whole different story. You know, doesn't it, don't you just operate under the assumption that anywhere you walk in the world right now, there's about five cameras pointed at you, whether you know it or not. Exactly. So you would think, especially, you know, public officers, that they would kind of be, you know, 
making sure that they don't act it out in that kind Look, of way. So. Uh, all I'll say is this. I'm just some guy with basic cable, and even I have seen the show Cops. So you would exactly. figure that the cops themselves would have seen that. And everybody, I mean, if you live in this country, you get a couple. I mean, everybody has seen that thing where it's like the dashboard camera or whatever in the police car. Right. And the cop somehow forgets that he himself is being taped, and then he's just there, like, nightsticking a guy for about 20 minutes by the side of the road. So, <laughs> right. We're hoping uh, that that's not the situation, and maybe no. people misunderstood, but right now that's what witnesses are telling us. I, I have to tell you, just this is just between just between you and I, and this is simply a slice of editorial comment. Josh Brolin does look like a guy who could... Uh, he does look like he could put a few away, though. He he looks like a guy who might enjoy his drinking a little bit. That's... I'm just... <laughs> Few. It does. Uh, what else? What else is happening at TMZ.com, Nina Parker? Um, basically, right now, Lindsay Lohan, of course, she's hot. A lot of everybody kind of wants to know what's going on with her public life, just because you know, all of a sudden, it seems like she, you know, is into women. So uh, we caught some video of Lindsay Lohan getting comfortable with this DJ that she's been hanging out with for the past few months. Her name is Samantha Ronson, and you know, just them being affectionate, um, you know, kissing each other on the back and hugging and holding hands, things like that. So what we're asking people to do is go on the website and vote. You know, is this all just kind of for publicity, or is this a real thing? So I have to tell you this. I was actually – I forget where it was, but I saw some picture of Lindsay Lohan uh, yesterday. And Lindsay Lohan is I, – I can't for the life of me kind of get my get my head – I can't put my finger on whether she's actually uh, attractive at this point or not because it just seems like, you know, she'll be, caught on, she'll be caught on film in some sort of seemingly candid pose where she does look very sort of – you know, she's very attractive and looks sort of wholesome in some – and then occasionally it looks like somebody just uh, rolled her in dirt and kicked her down a hill. <laughs> appeal to her, you know, a little little pig pen appeal, but uh, <laughs> the pig pen appeal. You should you patent, patent that phrase right now. Yeah, you know, I might have to. So you know, I, I definitely we we've we've done in the poll where we're kind of like on websites where we're like, is she hot or is she not? And you know, and that's kind of relative. I, I think some people think she's gorgeous. Some people, it's hard for them to picture her as attractive just because of all the drama that she gets into with you know the alcoholism and the the drugs and you know hit and runs things like that. You know, it's kind of like you don't really want to associate with that. I, I like girls that look like they were rolled in mud. <laughs> Uh, I, I just have two other things. This is brief observations that I will make here. One, you know somebody else who has the pig pen appeal? That's Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I, I'm looking at that. You know, Matthew McConaughey, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I guess he's going to be a decent father, I'm sure. But that guy looks like he stinks. He looks like there's a whole lot of just patchouli and sweat and bad and filth coming off that guy. That's just my assessment. Well, he admittedly doesn't use deodorant. Really? So uh, you're, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Yes. Has somebody told him that it's 2008, that we have, you know, that there, there are things you can put on your body to stop you from reeking like some hothouse cheese? I, you know, he, I think it works for him. He's still getting all the ladies. He has that hot fiance. So Fair enough. He, <laughs> and just, and fi final observation here, Nina, because I know you're, you're under the gun. Uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the person who sort of uh, it just personifies this, I can no longer find them attractive. We were talking about this the other day is Amy Winehouse, who uh, I have seen photos of her. It looks like she was just left out in the sun and just birds came by and pecked at her for five or six days. And I think no matter what she did to sort of rehabilitate, rehabilitate herself at this point, I don't know that I could ever find Amy Winehouse physically attractive again. I think she has gone past what uh, yeah. past what we call the point of no return, in my she opinion. She has even surpassed Whitney Houston, I think, for <laughs> the, the, the crackish looks. So, you know, I, I completely agree. And, you know, just over the weekend we put a video of her out in London 
she's acting crazy with walking around with a lampshade. She has white substance on her nose. Uh, so, you know, rehabilitated definitely would not be the word I would use with her because she definitely no. is in the middle of some issues right now. All right. Nina Parker from TMZ.com. A pleasure. We look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Thank you, Nina. All right. Thanks All so right. much. Enjoy your day. There you go. Nina Parker, TMZ.com. I dig her. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, shall we... you want to take a break and have Jen on the other side? Yeah, let's do okay. that. Okay. Take a break here. We come back. Jen Lane from Barfly Magazine will step into the studio with us. Uh, we'll also have the top five night songs coming up. And uh, more news from Tim Riley. Don't forget the Dark Knight, Regal Cinemas and Tiger, this evening, 12.01, ladies and gentlemen. Back after this. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's uh, 508. Hey, Richie Bristol? Yeah? Can we get some headphones for Jen Lane? <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. It's 503, I swear yes, to God. Sir? I feel like Kermit backstage sometimes. It's 503. Richie's seven... a little scattered today. I wonder if something's on his mind. It's because he's growing that mustache. Uh, it's, it's all of his brain power is going to his upper lip. How long has he been? I didn't even notice that. That's how fine the mustache is. And by fine, I don't mean good. No, I just asked him if he was starting to grow because he hadn't shaved for a couple of days. He's like, oh, no, I'm not. But then he decided I, to after I asked him. I think that he said it's been like a week, though. And I have to tell you, if that's what he's got after a week, there's that's he, a road to nowhere. He told us that he doesn't have very much body. Yeah, hair. I don't think that's going to work out. Uh, he does seem a little. He, I think it's. I think he, Richie's got short timer syndrome because I think he's only. You're only here for what you're next week and then you're gone, right? Right. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I'm already gone. <laughs> uh, all right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Okay. Well, while we're figuring that out, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Hey, by the way, Tim, uh, so the last, the latest guess was 2.30, and that was K -K -K Ken who did that. Okay. Are you still feeling fine? Uh, I think something might be happening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, you, but you, you would say now at 2.34, is it 2.34? Yep, it's 2.35 exactly. 2.35 exactly. Would you say that you were still, you, you are not feeling any urgent need, though, are you? Not urgently, Oh, because no. you disappeared for a little while there, and we thought maybe the 2.30 person had <laughs> You just, I actually just went back to the newsroom just now, and I couldn't find you anywhere, and I, I told Sarah, I said, I can't find him anywhere. I think this might be a bad sign. No, I was here. All right. Uh, <laughs> do, how, are you, I say, dra dragging it out, um, are, are you... Do you have any sort of, in, you know, because you know, after a while you sort of learn the signals one, you know, your body is sending. Do you have any sort of sense as to what sort of timeline you're operating on with your uh, explosive you diarrhea medication? No, no, I don't. All right. So it could be, it could be any moment. Possibly. There could be, a, there could be an Independence Day happening right now it inside you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do some news then, and we'll let you, we'll let you be on your way, Tim. A cyclist has been hurt again. This time in a collision at that notorious intersection near the Rose Garden. The location is the corner of North Broadway and North Flint. It is bad for drivers and cyclists alike. Although there was a stop sign at the corner, most cyclists and some vehicles did not come to a stop. So that's all we know about that one at the moment. An arraignment date of August 12th has been set for actor and comedian Andy Dick. who was arrested early yesterday morning on suspicion of drug possession and sexual battery. They came to the Buffalo Wings <coughs> restaurant... And apparently, uh, Dick walked up to a 17-year-old girl and allegedly grabbed her breast. We know he did. 
They pulled down her top, exposing her bosoms. They found a small uh, sack of marijuana, apparently, his possession along with a Xanax. And he did not have prescription. He says he uses uh, Xanax to treat anxiety disorders and panic attacks. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, don't you, don't you figure that Xanax ought to be given to the people who are around Andy Dick and not so much Andy Dick himself? By the way, uh, somebody really did nail it when they said that that Andy Dick mugshot was sort of like a collision between the Joker and Edward Norton. Uh, I mean, it's all kinds of pointy evil is what that is. Uh, researchers at the Allen Institute for Brain Science. In Fremont, they're about to release online data for a research project on what makes your spinal cord tick. I'm sure you've wondered. It's a two-dimensional map of the spinal cord involving one or 2,000 genes. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what does that mean? It doesn't matter. It just doesn't make sense. You know, you're the, studying the spinal cord and results will be out shortly. You just keep pushing the words out of your mouth and people think you're smart, Sarah. That's what we've learned a long time ago. We <laughs> yeah. just read the story. We don't have to understand the stories. Through. Really, that's you what it is. You need to understand it. You just keep reading the words. Just don't bur- stop. Burgundy your way right through that teleprompter. Yes. All right. Are you leaving? And he is out. I guess I am. All right. Uh, well, you just for the sake of science and uh, technology and, you know, the edification of a grateful public, will you, uh, if you are able to... When everything begins to kick in, Tim, mm-hmm. when your own personal uh, when your own personal bowel-oriented Hiroshima begins to happen, yes. will you make a note of the time? <laughs> sure, everybody has lost so far. <laughs> Everybody's lost, but I think we will look. Here's the thing: is that uh, th- there may be people in the audience who have a procedure like this coming up. As you said today, we it was a previously un- a heretofore untapped demographic. It is so. Here's the thing, Tim, is that you uh, might educate with this as well as inform. There may be somebody out there who a week from now, two months from now, a year from now has the same procedure, and they, too, will find themselves sitting in an office somewhere, looking at their watch nervously, trying to figure out if the bathroom's going to be open in their time of need, and you could help them sort of to know when they might expect that urgent need to arise. All right, I'll let you know. All right, well, good luck to you, Tim Riley. Well, thank you. Godspeed. Uh, thank you, Timmy Ryan, for filling in tomorrow. You have a lovely day. Possible. <laughs> All right, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the yard, the way through. Like us, gone tomorrow. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Barfly Magazine, Jen Lane. Long time. Right. Whoa, your microphone Uh-oh. is. All right, I'm sorry. sorry the microphone's a little sketchy. Yeah. And, I, and I apologize okay. earlier that that mic has no cough button. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm afraid I, I don't have a cough button today. Even studio. Yeah, I swear I sneeze in here every day. I'm allergic to air conditioning, and also I just swallowed my water wrong, so okay. the mess. Uh, and we did it. Well, I had this whole idea the other day. Uh, I guess it was Sunday where I was going to clean the studio, which I did. But I, but I, I don't they have it. people for that? Well, and I, what's that? Don't they have people for that? Here's the thing. You would think so. And in fact, we do have people who come clean the building because they clean the upstairs. But I think, I do not know, but I suspect that uh, the people that clean this building have been told specifically not to clean down here <laughs> because I think there's some, there's some sort of fear that if they're doing they it, they don't might, have enough hazmat suits to go around. There's that or that they might like, I don't know, somehow like <laughs> screw up the equipment or they press a knob or something and the, the, the station blows up. Uh, so I think they don't ever clean down here. And so I came in, and, I, and there was, uh, like, two vases full of dead, rot, rotting flowers oh, over there. Totally those good, are mine. Yeah. That's my collection. And I sort of threw everything away. <laughs> but I didn't have a chance to uh, to vacuum. And I didn't have a chance to room by uh, the studio. So I'm going to bring the Roomba in this weekend and just let it go. But so all I did was, like, Woo-hoo! I just stirred up a bunch of dust that was then floating around. And so every single day this week, we're fine. As, as soon as we walk in the studio, though, it's a whole lot of, you know, and then it's just suddenly you're reaching for your inhaler. So it's a whole lot of bad. So anyway. So what is up? What is up? What's been up with you? What are you doing? You look nice. Nothing, you know, usual, same old. No, everything's things been different. Well, good talk, cool. Jen. Yeah, 
Yeah, what about you? Uh, Congratulations getting the show back on the air. You, you know, you have been here since then. No, well, I figured you were off the air since I haven't been here in a year. Oh, I'm sorry. What have you been doing without me? I think we've just been sitting here pining for you. Oh, by the way, I really enjoyed that lunch you never took me to. Hey, there's no need to be be sassy. What lunch? The one that you invited me to about, oh, about a year ago. I don't even remember this lunch. What lunch did I invite you to? Take me to lunch and talk to me about my segments. Did that ever happen? Uh oh. Implied some sort of tapeworm that. Did we? Your segment. You're segmented. (laughs) Did that lunch ever happen? Absolutely not. It didn't. What we, what was I going to discuss at this I lunch? Don't know, Sarah, statement. do you know about this lunch? I do not, but I enjoy lunch. Yeah, especially me too. if you're purchasing it for me. Well, this is all very awkward now. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel guilty about not well, having well, a lunch. I think the past and the future. To, take us lunch in the future, maybe next week. I'm just saying now I feel all this Catholic guilt about a thing that I don't even remember I'm not scheduling. Even Catholic. Come on. No, but I have the Catholic guilt. You're not even Catholic anymore. Was it going to be something good about the segment? I hope so. Well, let's just assume that it was. All right. Well, now we have to have lunch so we can erase all of this awkward tension that's arisen between us. Yeah, we were going to go to my father's place. See, now you're just making this up. You're just fabricating things. You know what it is? This is the hallmark of a good grift, Jen Lane, is the details. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, She's not asking you to take her to the the top of the... Yeah, my father's place. Getting lunch at my father's place is not the hallmark (laughs) of a good grift. (laughs) Yeah. She's making it up. Oh, and after that, you're going to take me to the soup kitchen, right? I'm really desiring some coffee. That tastes like dishwater. It's Friday. It's apple pie. Yeah. You're going to have a chance to see Jen between now and your date next week because she has something going on on Sunday. Yeah, that's What's right. going on it's, on Sunday, well, Jen Lane? Well, on Sunday, it's Barfly's ninth anniversary party, and this year we're doing something very special. We're having a battle of the vans. We're having a band van show and competition, like a car show with all band vans. Oh, I see. So cool. vans that dudes haul of their, all yeah, their crap around rigs. in. All right. Yeah. Don't you think there ought to be a coffee table book all about... I was thinking, I was, where was I, that's a great idea, also for Micah, and then I was, where was I, I think, I was, I was someplace the other day, and I was like, it was like overhearing a conversation, I heard a bunch of band dudes, and they were telling that story that every band tells, about like, well, and then we were a um, half mile out of Barstow, and then, um, this is the transaxle blue, and, uh, so then we all had to walk back, but then Jimmy was drunk, and so he passed out in the sun, and so then we had to leave him behind, uh, <gasps> Oh, hello, Tim Riley. Oh my lord! <laughs> What's happened, Tim Riley? And approximately two minutes ago, <laughs> there, was, there was a second eruption of Mount St. Helens. <laughs> That's exactly two forty. Man, those little pills do work. Really? Oh yes, they do. So at approximately two now, have you already visited the bathroom and been done? Uh, yes. Now I was to understand I that once it started, way. there was no stopping. No, well, you were out, and they pulled you back in. You look thinner. <laughs> so, well, that was, I mean, if I, uh, how do I put this? That was, a, that was a brief visit to the bathroom, though. I would, uh, it was. I mean, uh, do you feel that that was, that was the end of it? I hope so. I guess that depends. <laughs> are, you, are you afraid to get in your car and get on the highway now? No, I'm fine. Are you sure? Positive. Did you know, it you hit felt, you pretty quickly? How yes. yes. You felt fine five minutes ago, too. I know. You were just saying, you're like, oh, maybe it won't Two days to retirement, huh? Mm. You know, I remember when Tim Riley didn't have bodily functions. Was that a year ago before this lunch I never took you yes. to? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be seeing you. Thanks. Would you, let me ask you this before you go. Would you, you say so that it was... uncomfortable. Would, would you... That was uncomfortable. Would, would you say that it was, I was actually going to ask, would you say that the experience was more uncomfortable or was it more uh, sort of pleasant in it and it was to sort of have it, have it done? Pleasant, but shocking at the extent. <laughs> the, ex- the extent. A sort of a figurative extent? Oh, no, there, there's nothing figurative about it. Wow. <laughs> All right.
Sorry, sorry about your loss, Tim. No, I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> All right. Nothing I'm going to miss. Be sure to note if this happens again. Maybe just, you know, paint a little toilet on the side of your car for every time it happens or something. All right, Tim Riley. <laughs> wow. I love him. Jesus, I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, but I was talking about these band guys who were telling the story about how the time, and Brent from the Muddy River Nightmare Band, We went to, I went to dinner with him at one point. See, him I took to dinner. Uh-huh. Um, and he told this story. It was like, and then, and then we had this old couple that helped us fix the car with bailing wire. And I was thinking there ought to be a whole book of just collected, like Henry Rollins' Get in the Van thing, but just a whole book of stories from band dudes about, like, worst tour ever. Uh-huh. And that's okay, all it would, yeah. it would just be yeah. called worst tour ever, and it would just be guys and bands telling the story. All right, so it's the band van competition. Yes, yeah, so we still need entrance. Um, there's a cash prize. We're going to match the pot. Entry fee is $10. And the barfly is going to match the pot. And the number one band van in Portland, which is decided by the vote of the crowd at the party, gets the whole cash prize. Excellent. Yeah, and it's a big barbecue. It's a big private party, so you have to be, have to be invited. But if you're a band, you can get 25 invites for you and your friends. So sign up today. And everyone and I'd like to give a shout, Scott Chapin, where's your band? Scott Chapin, formerly of Supernaut, now of uh, whatever. Is yeah. he in a new band? Uh, I believe so. I could, uh, yes. Called something or other. Yes. Scott Chapin Prophet. Yeah. All right. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick, my name's Fred. I'm the guy that uh, a few years ago at a listener party, I gave you a T-shirt. It's uh, with Uncle oh, yeah. Sam on it. <laughs> yeah, buddy, how you doing? And it said what on it? Uncle Sam, it had a picture of Uncle Sam, and it said, you are so effed. Oh, I do remember that, actually. All right. Yeah. Yes. Well, right now I'm calling you from uh, Nock, Belgium. I'm touring with a circus, and I got you on my computer listening live. There are many questions raised by this call. What sort of, what is the manner of circus with which you are touring, sir? Oh, it's a French-Canadian horse circus out of a Montreal, ho- Canada. A horse circus. Horse. Ah, not horse yeah. circus. It's called Cavalia. If you check your email, I just sent you an email a little while ago saying that I'm listening to you from Belgium. So what is it? So what what do you do with the French Canadian horse circus? I'm what they call a fly in. Are you making this up? In. No, sir. Okay. Uh-uh, not at all. I'm a I, I live in Portland and I fly to where they're after their last performance in the city that they're in. And then we tear it down, and we move it to the next city. So you are you're a roadie. Back home. You're a roadie for a horse circus. Yeah, yeah, basically, but it, it's a for, yeah for two weeks. Can I tell you so this? It's not like. Here's the thing that makes me an ugly American. I don't know where Belgium is. I couldn't find Belgium on a map if you put a gun to my head. Belgium is like uh, south of uh, Holland and east of France. Kinda and north of Spain. So it's in. So it's a European country that's sort of jammed between a bunch of other countries we might be able to recognize. Yeah. All have right, you ever then. seen the movie uh, In Bruges? Uh, you know, I actually have that at home waiting to be watched right now, but I have not watched it yet. I'm two train stops from Bruges, the city in right, Belgium, and well, you'll see basically where I'm at. But I was just wanting to call you and wave you a hand. Sounds pretty good. Excellent. All right, my friend. Well, enjoy Belgium, and thank you for coming. How is it? I mean, are you calling in like a phone card or like on a cell phone? How are you doing this? I've got a, a thing I put in my computer called a magic jack. and uh, it's <laughs> Where I come from, a magic jack meets something else. Uh, so this is, so you're not having to, so you're not having to like pay, five years. you're not having to like pay out the ass for this, in other words. No, 90 bucks, five years, and you can call around the world. All right, as excellent. As long as you got Wi-Fi or something. All right, yeah. thank you, my friend. Travel safe. Let us know when you get back at the town, sir. I'll call you when I get back, all right? Thank you, sir. All okay, right, there take you care. Bye. All right, there's that guy, Fred in Belgium.
have I done? All right, there you go. Well, all right then. 800 Octane should register their van, too. Yeah, 800 Octane. Octane the Muddy River Nightmare van. The whole inside, I remember, was just covered with us. Uh, Dry like County Crooks. Paul, where's your van? They've got a killer van. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it, boys. Where are my boys? Sign up. Barflightpdx.com. It now. does seem, see, now, there could be some sort of like weird sort of new wave art exhibit, though, where it's just like... And you could even do just like one, like you, like you couldn't do the whole van, but maybe just like the pan, like just the ceiling or like one panel, you know what I mean, or the dashboard. Just have them like live in a window for a month. Yeah, I mean just sort of, but but just like maybe just like the dashboard and steering wheel uh, from like ten different band vans, and then like you put it at the Museum of Modern Art, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. See, there's something there. There's the uh, could pre- be the start. This is the first annual, so this could be the start of a huge tradition. All right. See, so now that I've given you a great yeah. idea, I've made up for this fictitious lunch that I didn't. Buy Almost. You. Well, now I see. Now I feel bad though. See, I well, feel like there's all this. Bad. I feel like there's all this tension. Between at least it. you haven't been feeling bad for a whole year because you. Forgot. No, because I forgot about it. I mean, that's really the convenient part about not remembering these exactly. things is that I have no guilt until they're brought yeah. up to me. Was I angry about something? I don't know. I don't think you were angry. I don't know. I kind of, I figured that uh, it was just over between us. Well, it's never truly over between us, Jen. You know that. (laughs) How could I be angry at someone who looks so fetching in polka dots? And I mean that sincerely. I did wear this dress just for you. All right. Well, I'm, wait, are you lying? Never mind. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. This is like when the. No, I did. I wore this dress just for you. This is like the girlfriend experience that you pay for where she says that she really, (laughs) she says that she really likes you. And you know what, Rick? Your hair looks really good. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Okay. Well, let's, well, let's just make a date here. So when should we go to lunch? Well, um, how about sometime next week? Is this the thing where I'm going to, now. Why don't you say it off the air so that everyone knows the specific place, time? Don't say where. Okay. But is this the thing? They where... won't know which mission we're going to. <laughs> now, but now, now is this the thing where I'm gonna like uh, we're gonna make the date and then like you're gonna let's try go... to retain the upper hand by canceling at the last minute? No. Um. Let's go next Thursday. Let's go after the show next All right. Thursday. Sarah. Oh, do I get to too, or is it? Yeah, I want to you to go too. Yeah, of course. You're gonna okay. be the buffer yeah. between us, so that you know. So well, the we always don't... like to try and go out after the show anyway, mm-hmm. so All you right. can tag along with us All and right. buy us everything that we want. How's that? That's great. That, that sounds, sounds wonderful. Splendid. All right. So next Thursday after the show. Great. All right. We will. Uh, it, I will let y'all pick the place. Great. All right. There you go. Next Thursday. Eastman. I'm writing it down right now. Actually, they do have happy hour all day. Thursday after show, Jen, Sarah, and then. Super. All right. Then you all can pick the location. So what are you doing on Sunday? I hear you're not able to be a judge. Uh, what is Sarah's going to be a judge. Um, uh, this is so, so right up your alley. I can't believe you have to miss it. Well, here's the thing: is that um, is that my wife has been working like a whole. She was out of town. Yeah. And then she was traveling, and then yeah, she's, I saw her at um, I saw her at Cassidy's before the listener party. She was uh, back, and she's on a whole string of days working all day. But Sunday, uh, she has off, so she and I are actually going out of town for the day. Nice. So anyway, so I, you know, I. Rick Emerson, Rick Emerson good, supports. I'll be there. Representing. That's a good excuse. Sarah will be there for both of us. Yes. It's like uh, it's like when a mother eats for two. Sarah will be representing. For two. <laughs> she would have you. It's exactly her like that. It's exactly like that. All right, let's take a break. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Like us at three. Like us one hundred and one at five. Michael Mara Show at seven. Dark Knight tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are now just about the nine hours away from the Portland Pier, the Dark Knight at the Regal Cinemas in Tiger. Go to nine seventy a.m. Get your tickets. There are still a few remaining, and then see us there tonight for the Dark Knight. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. Stay there. Wasting my. That was funny. Pearls before swine. Sir, this is what 11 inches looks like. Yeah. All right. Well, in any event. 
Uh, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. If you would like to sneak on, and by the way, you really will be able to do it. Yesterday, I think we did that thing of like, we'll take phone calls to the top of the hour, and then and then like we only had ten seconds left. All right, we'll so, take brief phone calls. Uh, we will take phone calls now. If you'd like to get on, this is your chance to do it. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. And then uh, like us coming up at 3, uh, Michael Mara Show coming up at 7, and uh, so forth. Jen Lane is here as well. Yeah, it's so nice to be back home. It's been so long. Come back more often. Thank you, I will. Let's go out to lunch every week, Jen let's Lane. Let's do that. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, and so details, once again, this coming Sunday? It's this Sunday. It's Barfly's ninth anniversary party. Um, you need all the details on our website, barflypdx.com. And again, it's barflypdx.com. We've rebranded as barflypdx. You've rebranded. Yes. Do, you have a new, do you have a new mission statement to go along with that? Our new mission statement is that we are no longer going to try to publish a magazine because it's just taking <laughs> too much well uh, personal hell. Right. And uh, we're focusing on the website, which, is, which has become terrific. We started selling advertisement on it, uh, advertising on it, so it's actually starting to pay some of the cat food bills, that kind of thing. All right, then. Yeah, uh, so focusing on the future. Barflypdx.com. Yes. Uh, let's take a couple of these uh, before the top of the hour. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, Sir Madam, as the case may be. Rick, what's up, dude? What's up, brother? Hey, hey, this, hey, this is back to Sam Silver. Did you get my email by any chance about the Rock of Fire Explosion pizza fan by any chance? The, the what about the what in the Hannah? The Rock of Fire pizza explosion? <laughs> you have to check your, uh, check your email. I sent you an email a, a while ago about a dude who basically got, do you remember, do you remember how the Chuck E. Cheese's had those, had those pizza bands? Oh, uh, oh, oh, you sent me this thing about Showtime Pizza. Yes, I did. I got the email. I haven't really had a chance to look at the stuff, but I will today, sir. It's bizarre, dude. That's all, right. all I'm going to say. I will look into it today, sir. My apologies for not doing it thank yet. Thank you. All right, thank you. Wait, a pizza uh, exploded? It's, it's just smiling, not. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, um, just uh, calling to let you know what a great deal. Uh, I got my uh, Dark Knight tickets. Excellent. Uh, for the IMAX theater down at Bridgeport for Monday. Yeah. Um, go to Costco first and buy them in a pair for fifteen bucks, and you can get you can trade them in for a ticket that's worth uh, thirteen dollars each for the IMAX at uh, Bridgeport. I have no idea what we're talking about. Okay, cool. Wait, well, we're gonna go right. see it tonight. But thanks for advertising Th- for something. Thank else. you, sir. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for promoting a competing event. I appreciate that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson this isn't Show. Going so well. You Hello. Don't forget about that great lounge lizard thing happening on Sunday too. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi, uh, I am leaving the Portland area. I'm a Portland native of 30 years, and I'm hoping to tune into you guys for a long time with the podcast. So please don't kill the podcast if you if you may. And kind of uh, turned it almost like a whimper there at the end. Well, we won't, sir. It's not. <laughs> it's like a puppy that's going to be put Maybe to sleep. No, we won't. It's out of town. No, no, no. We won't do that. So what? When are you leaving, my friend? Why do you? Have I'm to leaving leave? tomorrow. I'm actually taking my cats and dumping them off in Barcelona, Spain. Your cats? Yeah, I'm a cat. Okay, so know. here's the thing. You have to call us tomorrow. <sighs> okay, I'll call tomorrow. All right, call thank tomorrow. you, my Wait. friend. Okay, we got to go. Uh, BarflyPDX.com is the yes. website for Genline. And it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Be there, be there, be there. And be there uh, tonight, by the way, midnight. Regal Cinemas in Tiger. You know the rest. Insert the closing credits in your head right now, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tonight and then tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye.